Welcome to the Ether. Today is Friday, September 16th, 2022. Today on the Ether, part three of a multi part Chepi Space Friday in the Cosmos. Ask Addy strange questions. Let's take a listen. Sefu, may I ask why you changed the title to that? It's so mean. He's afraid. He's afraid of what he's unleashed. I'm surprised Leonardo DiCaprio's not in this chat at this moment. What was that, sorry? I said I'm surprised Leonardo DiCaprio's not in this chat. No, he is. You have to guess which one of the listeners it is. Who do you think it is? I think it might be... Hmm. Bibla Elf, because that's a funny name. Is anyone uh, in the chat from Austin, Texas, or in Austin, Texas? Yeah, I'm from Austin. Oh, nice. Yeah, I live out in uh, River Place, beautiful area. I don't, I don't think you're from Austin, though. Are you serious? Yeah, I am. I mean, I, I didn't grow up there, but I, I live in here now, yeah. My sister actually grew up there. Are, are you in Web3 as well, or? Yeah. I try and keep it on the low key though, because like I don't know, a lot of people kind of pester me a lot if I talk too much about it. How have you been finding things? I'm sorry. How have you been finding things there? Yeah, Austin. Uh, Austin's great. Austin's fantastic. I think uh, so. I was in New York for six years. I'm a uh, well was. I'm pivoting fully, full time pivot into Web three. Um, I was a visual effects artist for six years. Uh, so I did a lot of uh, 2D compositing for advertisements like, uh, you know, commercials for certain agencies like Droga5, Havas, RGA, uh, Mechanism, WK. So we did a lot of commercials for like Samsung, Ford, Lincoln, Apple, Dell. I mean, the list is, goes on and on. But, you know, mm-hmm. y- yeah, um, not the is best. Is something in particular that you would say is like your life's work, like the coolest thing you've done, or would you say that's in the works? The coolest, like commercial I've worked on. Yeah. Wow, such a complicated uh, question. I don't know. It's it's very subjective. I think each commercial has its own uh, its own like you know fun part, and then each commercial has its own like not so much uh, you know part that's fun. Um, but it was a Lincoln commercial, a comp, and it, it was difficult because they uh, shot it like during the brightest day possible, and they were trying to uh, make it look like dusk. Uh, and the main actress, the principal actress, was like coming through the door, and um, all the fuzz on her sweater was like really blown out in value. 
So you couldn't really uh, composite it correctly. It, it took a lot of, you know, technical hours, long technical hours. Um, and then that's, that's the commercial that you see her walking in the door and she's like walking in on, fa- on her family doing like goat yoga. Uh, Samsung spots are really cool. You know, they get super creative. Uh, the alpaca Samsung commercial. I don't know if you all have seen that comp that. Um, Honestly, Roger, I literally don't watch TV. So uh, I'm, I try and avoid all adverts because I feel like they implant something in my mind and I don't want it there. But like, if it was your adverts, I'm sure that the people who get the thoughts to buy like the Samsung and um, stuff products, it's like good vibe. Because like, I don't know, like in your profile picture, for example, there's blue sky. That's advertising right there. If it was dark, cloudy sky, you know, I wouldn't be being like friendly and talkative right now. I would just have my mute on, you know, like mic off. But yeah, yeah. less anymore. Fair enough. Yeah, no, um, you know, I think it's obviously subjective, but, um, you know, it is just not something that's part of me or in alignment with my values anymore. Although, I mean, Web3, you know, talk about technology and everything it's it's pretty much the same direction but it's it's challenging and that's why i want to be in that space so what are you making now what what, what are you creating so what am i creating so i'm actually i'm just investing right now i've been trading i've been day trading actually for a very long time um so I'm, i'm learning i'm doing a lot of learning right now uh which has probably been the best thing for me so far I would say like you want to do what though? You want to create like uh, user experiences? You want to create cool graphics? Like what's your thing? Like what do you want to do? You know, I think so. Yeah. So I think I need to figure that out more. I know I would be a fantastic creative director just because of my time spent as a visual effects artist. Uh, No offense to, you know, any NFTs out there, but I think it's at the point where if you want it, it, like aside from the utility of it, I think the actual art can be a lot better, you know? Um, but it's subjective as well. Uh, not trying to offend any artists out there. I just feel like what's being put out there, you know, it could be 10 times better, uh, 10 times realistic. Uh, and I, I think AI will definitely get involved, which will be pretty cool. Like, I don't know if anyone on here uses Midjourney uh, or Dolly, but I think once we're able to incorporate Midjourney, which a lot of people have been in, you know, the visual effects space, I think the, uh, the NFTs will become slightly more interactive with the user, with the holder, um, which I think will be really cool. Uh, I think Bored Apes did a like trailer recently and they used the Unreal Engine. Um, don't, you know, it, I don't know if I'm correct or whatnot, but I, I think it will get to a point where the NFT will have like a story built into it, you know, about the particular character or whatever it may be. Uh, I, I think. I really feel like if NFTs had to be perfectly hand-designed, handcrafted children's books um, with like pop-out uh, like pages and like textures and smells, I feel like that would be more of a vibe than Bored Apes because in my opinion, Bored Apes are extremely visually unappealing. They're ugly and they suck. And I wish they didn't exist, but they do. So I guess I've had to come to terms with that. And sometimes I see a little board ape in the listeners and I have to sort of have a moment to go on mic and scream into my pillow because I just don't like the way they look. But um, it's all subjective, you know, it's just my taste, I guess. 
Uh, Coach, Kate, do you guys love bored apes or are you haters? No, but it's not, I don't think it's the way it looks. It's the way that people get their, their identities invested in it all. It's, it's also yes. tiny and narrow. and Which is related to how ugly it is. Like, I don't know. It's, it's more like, I don't it's know. It's like the physiognomy of the whole concept is just garbage. <laughs> It's the way they just spend a huge amount of time talking about it too. They have these board ape yacht spaces, and they're talking about board ape yacht stuff like for ten hours. Um, it's just like it's constraining your sense of self and your identity in this tiny, tiny thing, and deriving enormous amount of meaning from it. And like the whole thing rides on the back of the fact that it's just a, like a one big rationalization for investing in the thing. Like <laughs> it's it's not down out of love. It's not deriving its value from from like love. It's it's just that we're forming this kind of de facto cartel to try and convince everyone else that this means something, but it doesn't. It's just like this tiny ugly thing. Out of curiosity, like a uh, Sefi and Coach, especially because you're like a crypto head or whatever. Um, what do you think about all the lady stuff? Do, do you know Do you know Mia and um, stuff? Or did that just sort of like pass you by was that not really anything that you saw or i have no like sort of scale of how big or small my ladies were so i really don't know anything about crypto i saw it i have no idea what their vibe and story or whatever the hell uh their group likes to do or whatever um i don't know i i like what happened to me with this whole like nft idea is like remember i told you like uh back in like when i was growing up right like I like so the earliest version of this, like selling like your digital uh like identity or whatever, or selling um like some kind of graphics computer digital like uh item. This really happened like late nineties, mostly, like when the internet started. People are selling their like video game shit. Like they they would go on eBay and sell their accounts and this and that. And and and, and I had like like I literally had a world record in that, like at the time. So like this idea of NFTs being like somehow like really particularly fresh in terms of like selling digital ideas or digital goods is not really new, really. It's just kind of a, a different version of that to some extent. And like it's it's similar in that, like, let's say you have a culture like a video game culture and people are still playing that game and they feel like this thing has some value for some reason, then um you know, like people might pay for it and whatever. But the thing is like that, like, but in these kind of cultures, sometimes what happens is like the value of the thing is only valuable so long as that culture like persists. So what happens is you have this forced situation where people are trying to like force a culture to exist and not let it dissipate, not let it like disappear into entropy over time. Uh, because like, they're so worried that the value of the thing is going to go down and all this shit. Right. So I don't know, there's something um, very sort of like, uh, there's an element of the space that's like very contrived in that respect. Like, whereas like with with art, like the way you normally like think of it, um, there's some of that too, by the way, in regular art too. Like if you look at the gallery scene, you look at like how, what a fucking mess it is to like get uh, like a painting into certain galleries to be seen. So artists like struggle to be like seen, which is an interesting problem. But then on top of that, it's like there is kind of like this corporate art structure that develops around that, right? Uh, 
So like, you know, so you can look at it two ways. You can say, okay, it's all bullshit. Like it's all corporate. It's contrived. It's whatever. Or you can say, you know what, that's just what it is. And that's the only way artists are going to get seen. Um, so I think the NFT people have like certain things that they're doing, like very similar to the old art world. I think there are some things they're doing that are like very similar to like um, the art gallery world. They're doing similar things like to the, the video game world. But I don't think there's anything that I've seen that's like absolutely fresh. Um, but like think of it this way, Zara, like the way this whole blockchain thing works is Imagine if you had one of these little images uh, or music in some sort of like digital format, right? Like the question to ask is like, would this be interesting a thousand years from now? Like, like would this still exist, you know, 2000 years from now, like a, you know, like a Da Vinci painting or something? So if the answer is yes, like, okay, like these computers are going to keep running and literally storing this picture for the next, you know, thousands of years. And I'm going to be able to sort of access in the future. That's one thing. If it's more like the Tibetan sand painting where it's just like it, you know, blows away in the, in the wind at some point, that's another thing. So what people are betting on basically is like they're betting on this idea that like these um, like the image and also the record of you owning that image is going to like exist in perpetuity and therefore like change the entire like culture of art. That's the theory, at least. So um, the profile picture like craze was sort of like the earliest version of this. You can do, you can buy like one of one art are like, if you go to like OpenSea, you'll see what I'm talking about. Like there's all sorts of different art and stuff. So legit artists are definitely involved too. So it's not like it's all stupid yeah. necessarily. Yeah. I've seen some cool stuff to be fair. Um, and yeah, it's funny. I don't know. It's funny. I guess it's just the average uh, sort of NFT piece of stuff and people I'm exposed to is like you said it's that desperation vibe and when something is forced and not organic and is coming from a place of financial desperation you can sense it you can smell it even if you're entirely uninvolved and um I guess that's when the vibe gets killed but you're right I mean that's a problem in all all sorts of art so yeah but it's kind of like, you know, how like uh, graffiti art was considered like, you know, oh, it's just graffiti for a while. And then later it's like now it's like people want to hire a graffiti artist to like make their thing look more like a street vibe. Yeah. Kind of like that. It's it's like the, it, it can be good or it can be really like just contrived depending on the situation. Yeah, just look at you know, the whole Banksy effect pretty much. As far oh, as hi, everyone. Is. Good morning. Good morning, Nita. How are you? How are you saying? How are you, Zara? I'm great. I'm having a really nice day. Nice, evening. nice. How was your day? Niha, bestie? Two minutes, two minutes. I'm talking to you two minutes. Oh, okay, no worries. Anyway, what were we talking about? Coaching your space is like fucked up or something? No, no, I'm just trying to flirt with 10 girls on DMs. That's wise. Got to diversify portfolio and your life and your identity and your women and everything. Um, and you've also got to scroll down and make sure they're not in the space. Otherwise, they'll be very angry. Yeah. I don't know if Cryptoshi wanted to say something. You've been hanging around a while and we didn't let you say anything. <laughs> oh, no. It's okay, guys. I'm just listening. Kind of missed you, so I'm just kind of tuning in. I hope everyone's having a good night. But coach, Aww. man, you are a Casanova coach. I, you know, you are my role model. Oh man, mm. you're, you're you're such a great guy, coach. 
Do you mean because of what I just said or like general? Oh, yeah. Well, and like, yeah, because of that and just in general. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Thanks. Receiving yeah, a lot of love buddy. today from, <laughs> from Denise and Kryptoshi. Would you ever like explore each other's bodies? I uh, don't know about that. Um. <laughs> I'd let you. I'd let you give me a massage naked. Sure. Um, yeah, we could talk about that. Erection, just for relaxation. <laughs> yeah, not, we not could talk a, about that. Might have a session. <laughs> well, yeah. What What are you guys even talking about? That's a good question. Um, I came in here, and what the heck are you guys even talking about? This is normal for a long time. Normal? This is normal? I'm out of here. Good riddance. Who was that? What what username was that? I couldn't see. I I think he came in solely for the title of the uh, space. I was assuming that was going to be the scenario, but obviously we're in a whole different direction. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, R- R- Roger, have you been uh, hanging around uh, some of these spaces we've done for a while? Or, like, do you kind of like, <laughs> do you follow anything what we're talking about or just kind of showed up today? I do follow you. Uh, I do follow a few Cosmos Maxis. Yeah, big time. Oh, and he's back. He's back for more. Um, but no, this is my first space as a, I should say first time, first time, long time, maybe, but uh, something like that. Yeah, like sometimes we do like really like crypto nerd shit, right? Like we, yeah, exactly. We get, we get into that stuff pretty good. Um, but then, yeah, it's like some of these like just combos are fun. Just hanging out. I always just tune out when those combos come through and you guys are just talking about boring stuff for ages. That's when you went to get your mar- uh, the martini, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, to be fair, apparently like, yeah, it seemed like it was a lit time here without me. Because like, a, yeah. That's just how it goes sometimes, though. Um, but by the way, Roger, all he was saying was just saving face. Spaces are always like this. Yeah, that's pretty cool that, you know, we're able just to uh, have some sport, sort of space uh, to just kind of speak. Non-judgmental, I'd hope, you know. But where's where's everyone from? Well, so, well, periodically we'll make fun of you, though. So just don't take it, you know, don't nah. take it too uh, badly. <laughs> oh, man, I've I've been through the ringer many times, so. Uh, no, no. But where, where's everyone from? How did everyone get involved into crypto? What, what was like the first thing they were introduced to, aside from like Bitcoin and Ethereum? And what was that one that you know really sparked the uh, that new direction for them? Mm, maybe Sarah, do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, of course. Um... Well, where to begin? That's the real question. I mean, crypto has dominated my life for the last uh, 10 years, ever since the divorce. And I guess, um, in a way, it is my new husband. Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean that I'll never find love again, but it means I, in a way, am happy and fulfilled with my crypto. Um, and it fills an emotional place for me that I didn't even know I had. Um, yeah, I mean, my relationship with crypto and just, and just, you know, the good old blockchain in general is all quite personal and I can't really, uh, I feel like talking about it is almost like sharing an intimate secret of mine, so I'd rather just keep it under wraps. 
totally respect your decision. Thanks for the share. What about you, Coach? Mm, I'm not too into the whole cryptocurrency thing, really. I just like being around you guys. Yeah, um, young you joined the space is what, like four days ago, the first time? Who, me? When you say me? When I first yeah, joined? Yeah. No, about a week ago, I think. Just just a little bit before you. Um, I joined some of these spaces with Sefi, and he made me feel welcome. He made me feel comfortable. And in real life, I'm a bit of a loner. don't really have any friends, so... I don't know, it's like... Yeah, I, mean, I understand why you don't really have many friends, but I mean, I guess I'm glad that you feel comfortable here. Yeah, but... it's like I, I don't know, for the first time in my life, probably, I just started opening up more um, to Sefi, and then people joined, and it was like, because they're like Sefi, they thought I was his friend, so they respected me. So I didn't have that that horrible process of trying to win their respect myself. Do you know what I mean? Like, if I was just the host, and somebody came in here, I'd have to, like, I don't know, like I've read a lot of books on rapport and, and like how to, I don't know, I guess manipulate people verbally and do all that stuff. So I know like the lines and, and how to do cold reading and act like, you know, like I would say things like Zara, I'd be like, you know, you are the kind of person who likes to socialize, but at the same time you like your alone time. I say things like that and like it would forge a connection between us both. But like, yeah. it's, the same like, chess, like isn't it? it's like chess, but with words. Yeah, it's like um, I see it like strategy game where where like the outcome is obviously you, you have fun together and maybe you do things together. But at the same time, there's like a there's definitely a strategic aspect to it. So to just bypass that and to have people um, respect me by proxy has been really nice. Safi, what about you? When did you first get into cryptocurrency? Um. Yeah, mostly selling, mostly selling video game gold. Yeah, that's pretty much how Are you one of those people that like got really rich off that? Yeah, actually quite a bit. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, yeah, just imagine. Uh, so imagine uh, a, how old was I at the time? Let's see. Imagine a 20-year-old uh, or so. And, uh, like you make a bunch of money with like selling video game characters and video game gold, uh, before eBay banned all of this, by the way, <laughs> like that was a thing for a while. And then imagine the dot-com bubble, which is like this big stock market bubble in tech in like 2000 ish, uh, big crash. Right. So then like I take all my video game gold and I buy stuff like Apple stock and shit like that at the time. So yeah, just, that's kind of like my story <laughs> so uh yeah just been monkeying around ever since in this kind of like tech shit and just nerding out for who knows how long yeah so, so does that mean you have like an android phone instead of an iphone hmm no uh, okay all right yeah it would be like almost like a, a visceral betrayal like a it would be a some kind of a like a I don't know, betrayal of values or something, if I did that, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I, uh, Sefi, kind of piggyback off your uh, journey. I was first introduced to, like, you know, just investments, and it was all Apple. 
uh, when, freshman year in high school, uh, way back in the day. And uh, my like homeroom teacher saw me looking just at like you know stock charts and just different companies to invest into. Ended up buying Apple uh, as my first thing, uh, and then gone to crypto. 2015 and i was told to buy it like way early you know 2012 2011 uh but i remember i told my friend peter i pretty much gave him the bird and i was like this is such a scam you know just because that's what i was used to i was used to you know the securities i was used to you know things to purchase hard assets um but looking back at now it's probably the worst decision i ever made in my life but so cool that you got into Apple way back in the day as well. That's awesome. Yeah, it's kind of a, it was like a, it's like a crisis story, right? Like the whole thing was like, the company was basically fucked, but I, I really enjoyed like using their computers when I was a kid. Like some of the early ones that were created, right? So I had the fortune of like being able to play on those like before most people in the world. Um, Hell yeah. I think that kind of created some like maybe formative bond or something. Plus my dad was into, uh, um kind of like he he got really early into this like desktop publishing thing and apple was big in that right so i actually had like this crazy ass like fancy like i don't remember what it was like I think the setup was like 50 grand worth of computers a ridiculous amount of money like but it's part of his business but like i'd be able to play with it all the time and like experience this thing and uh like at the time it's like probably a tiny fraction of anybody on the planet had access to something like that, uh, much less some kid at his dad's, you know, workplace or whatever. So like, yeah, just kind of sort of like, so slowly dragged into just tech shit all the time. Like I just loved it. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I, I had everything Apple except for the phone and people thought I was so strange cause I had Android for such a long time. And then, uh, freshman year of high school, that's, that's when I got myself, uh, Actually, no, it wasn't freshman year. It was freshman year of college. I got myself uh, the iPhone. Uh, best best thing I've ever done was getting an iPhone. I just like the simplicity of it. Uh, yeah. I mean, on that note, the best thing you've ever done. Coach Sefi, what's the best thing you've ever done? Mm, um. Well, I don't know. I've done some pretty good shit. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I've, I've, I've taken care of, let's see, at this point now, it's like maybe, I don't know. Like, I've probably saved something on the order of, like, let's say, not me individually, personally, but I've probably saved something on the order of, like, maybe not, you know, obviously it's hard to calculate this sort of thing, but like something like maybe 50 to 70,000 lives, maybe. So, pretty good. Like, so like, uh, like, is there any one experience that like, I think was like more interesting or something like that? I don't know. You sort of lose track because it's sort of like what you do for a living. But uh, yeah, it's not. Uh, so yeah, I don't really have like this kind of like, <clears throat> like this kind of like best thing I've ever done kind of idea. Like it's just. I mean, all you do is win. Blob. <laughs> all you do is win. And that's amazing. It's, it's aspirational. Coach, what about you? Um, I missed that a little bit because I was halfway into some kind of daydreamy state. But you can ask. <laughs> What's the best thing you've ever done for yourself? For myself, Sophie seemed to answer for other people. 
Um, yeah, what do you mean? Like for me or for others? I think for yourself, I think that's super important to, you know, acknowledge yourself in this moment. What do you think you've done that's really been, you know, changing for yourself? Like, not without, you know, feeding the ego, you know? And I know that might be hard to avoid. I think the ego is always going to get fed in some particular way. But, you know, what? Zara just turned into a guy. Yeah, I think so. She does that sometimes. What? Mm-hmm. Well, Roger, you might be interested. I lived as a Buddhist monk for eighteen months. Wow, probably the probably no, the most I call transformed. I miss that Zara. What? Um, it's like a guys always either want to join the French Foreign Legion. Or the army, they're a bit dumb. Become a monk in some monastery somewhere, or die in a war. I, I think that's three of the main things. And yeah. most of them actually have the balls to do it. So I, I actually really, uh, I think that's very impressive. And the fact that you were there for that long, it's really cool. Yeah, I don't think anyone really does these things, really. Like, yeah, agreed. The one who does them. Like, I know people who do, like, two-week ayahuasca trips and stuff, but nobody really is willing to cancel their whole lives to create a block of time where they only do that thing. Yeah. That's, like, really rare. Like, it's it's common to indulge and do it recreationally or, like, have a, a, a few weeks or maybe a month or something, but to really give yourself to it. Um, yeah, not it's just, super, super rare, I would say. Not just... Yeah, not just as a, like an interest, but as a as a as a full time twenty four hour round the clock moment to moment devotion is like yeah, I think it's really rare. I agree. There's like a drive to do this stuff. Right? I don't think it's ever really actualized though. Um, yeah, that's true. The um, thing is, as well with me, I like I I I sold my equity in two companies to do it as well. Like I cancelled everything. I was making a lot of money. Um, I just cancelled my life. And I was like, I'm doing this. <laughs> Cancel the whole thing. And then I told my mom, like, I'm going to go and live as a monk. And she was like, don't do that. You need to get a career. You need to do this. That's so irresponsible. She was like really upset. She was crying. She was like genuinely crying. Mm-hmm. And telling me I was like just doing something so stupid. Um, probably the hardest thing was like overcoming her in a, in a weird way. Like just mm-hmm. having her, I don't know, strange. You know, this weird like power your parents have over you where they yeah. say, Say things when you're younger they have expectations and things or they have an emotional weight to them and it's you, like you mean, you mean the part where they want you to be successful they don't want you to go and like live in a fucking monastery for three months yeah well yeah that part <laughs> well like i don't know well you were reprogramming any sort of limited beliefs you know in in your in your dna and your bloodline so mm, in our bloodline that gives us limits but yeah there's always an interesting pressure to your parents I had the same thing when I got into business as well. Like, I I remember, like, I was always kind of entrepreneurial or resourceful or a bit of a hustler kind of kid. Um, but I remember telling my mum my business ideas, like, when I was, like, 15, 16. And she'd say, like, oh, but, but you know, you, you might lose a lot of money. You might, you might. She'd always express some kind of fear, like, what would happen, the negative thing or, like, um, 
I couldn't do it for some reason or something like that. Uh, and then I remember, I remember that, that kind of, I don't know, like emotional doubt or something from my parents because they, and I realized why it's because they'd always struggled. Like they'd always struggled to pay the bills. They'd never had enough money. Um, they'd always been like, not poor, but like just overworked and barely making the rent and like often in kind of crisis, like, you know, we got down to the last 10 pounds or something. Um, so they had that kind of state of mind of like, you know, as soon as I mentioned something like business or investment or whatever, my mom just panicked, like emotionally she panicked. And that was kind of stressful and annoying because I was like trying to put myself in the future and what I wanted to do and what I was enthusiastic about. And then like to tell my, to tell my parents or whatever, it was like would cause a massive stress response in her. So it was like, you see what I mean? It was like a, a, a thing. And then I, I realized like, even though rationally and intellectually I know better and I can direct my life in the way I want. At the same time, there's like this little, I don't know, like an inner child or something that's quite influenced by it. Yeah. Kind of pointed. Not not necessarily in a way that would stop the action, but like in an inner child that wants to hear from its parents that like, yeah, great idea. You know what I mean? It's like it wants to hear something like that. It doesn't yeah. want to hear Oh, oh no, no, you lose all your money. Oh. That's and that's what I got a lot. So like in many ways, like I I kind of forged that part of myself that kind of busted out of their their fears and things and just did it anyway. Right. And I learned in many ways just not tell them until like the very end. So like a year after starting one of my businesses, I was like, Oh, by the way, I made a business this year. <laughs> I forgot to I didn't tell you. And then it was like <laughs> they were like couldn't express any fear because it was already done and I'd already made loads of money. And the same with the monk thing. Like uh, when I when I expressed the monk thing to my mother and my parents, they were like just dreadfully like worried and like don't do that. It's such a waste of time. You know, you need to. You need. What about how are you going to pay for so and so? Just just a weird, extreme panic about it. And then I was like, it'll be okay. And I got on the bus and and went there. Um, and but yeah, it's it's funny how things are backwards, right? Like yes. having done that, it changed my life in more ways than one like on a very fundamental level. And then having done that, it led to all kinds of opportunities. I ended up teaching meditation um, over time. And then I ended up kind of using that approach in many different things. And probably in future, or someday down the line, not yet, but someday I'll probably start a business around meditation and um, do different video courses and things like my own thoughts about it. So it's like, it's interesting looking back how, there could be so much doubt and fear and stuff. And I don't yeah. know, like a, a need to, to like a sense of like having to force my way out. And then you look back and it's like, Oh, that's the best thing I did. And all these opportunities came from it and stuff. Um, so, yeah. You know, there's, yeah. A, there's a, a TV, I was going to say, there's a TV show that is uh, kind of like for formative in like early on in my life. Um, have you guys uh, seen, uh, David Hasselhoff in Knight Rider. <laughs> so good. I shit you not. This show is on Netflix now. Like they have all four seasons of the fucking thing. <laughs> so, like if you have not seen Knight Rider, it's like, mm -hmm. what the hell? It's on, it's on here now. I'm like, I'm, it's blowing my mind right now. I feel like I'm a kid again. It's like in the background playing. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> I just wanted to say like, I really, uh, it's really, really nice to hear that actually. Cause I've been told by like dad, like my dad's like a, He's very entrepreneurial, my whole family is, and mm. told him about like an idea I had that I was really excited for. And like it's just like oh. um 
and yeah, I got a bit discouraged, but like I spoke about it to my mum after. I was like, yeah, like that discouraged me. And I, I mean, I'm going to keep doing it anyway, but I feel like I've lost my momentum a bit. She was yeah. like, oh, you know, he's only, my dad's like Algerian, so he, he came from, you know, not England. It's not like an abundance mindset. It's a, it's a different, he struggled to get to where he is and to make our family what it is. And yeah, so I've got to keep that in mind and, you know, it's it's all fresh and it'll all work out and now i kind of came to that conclusion like okay i'm just not going to talk about it like unless they see me doing something and ask i'll let the like the results of stuff that i make do the talking because i don't want to exactly i've got to do my own thing and uh let myself be the one propelling it i'm not doing it for other people's like <laughs> validation you know i'm a grown person yeah coach i'm a very aligned with what you said so i just want to say thank you for sharing your vulnerability man you're definitely seen and heard so same thing with me my, my parents obviously um they, they came from italy born and raised and so i'm first generation here in the country so it wasn't easy since they grew up in poverty and you know obviously they've achieved the american dream but throughout the course of their entire life they were always in that you know fight or flight stage because they were just constantly working 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 and you know it got to the point where their adrenals are so burnt out that you know you become robotic in a way but um as a child you know there there was always dreams of mine that i wanted to chase you know i had aspirations that i wanted to live up to and unfortunately they had projected their you know limited beliefs onto me as a child and because of that you know a, a wounded people think it's all woo woo you know talking about you know uh the wounded child it's really not it's it's all these limited beliefs that you have to go back later on in life to reprogram you know you have to reprogram your subconscious mind so it, it's really interesting to hear that from other people and I, I think that's probably it's definitely been the biggest takeaway for me Post-pandemic, I think more people are becoming more aware of, you know, how their subconscious is preventing them from propelling to be, you know, a, a higher self or becoming, you know, what they want to achieve. But a lot of it has to do just with your uh, parenting growing up, as strange as that may sound, you know. And, you know, at the end of the day, I acknowledge what they had to do uh, for that time, you know, that period that we we grew up in. Uh, so I'll never, you know, be upset about that. It was the decisions that had to be made, but I know how I would love to, you know, parent once, once that happens, uh, for me in my lifetime. Um, but yeah, man, it, it's, it's just so important, uh, to be able to do some sort of somatic breath work or meditation to, uh, to see your inner child. It, it's, it's so big to heal that. Oh man, it's moving. So yeah, super cool that you brought that up. So when you say uh, you link the pandemic to this uh, enlightenment, um, do you think the solid like the solitude helps you come to that? And is that positive, or is that just an outcome of? you know, the pandemic being a bad situation. Yeah, you know, interesting point, interesting question. Um, I think for me, at least, it's been way before the pandemic, I was on a journey, you know, at least 
going heading in that direction. I think the pandemic is what truly tipped it over for me. Um, as far as, you know, having stronger boundaries with what I want and what I need in my life. So particularly in the VFX space, you know, it, it was pretty unhealthy. And I, I think if you have or notice any articles that have been released recently, like I love Marvel, but Marvel has really been pushing their employees to, you know, burn out, uh, which is very terrible. Um, you know, you're working like seven days a week, you're working 15 hours a day, uh, two years in a row to finish a movie. It's, it's just no way of life to leave, you know, at 7am and to come home at 1am, uh, whether you're in a relationship or not, it's, it's just no way to live. Um, period, regardless of how lucrative the space is, you really do need time um, to, uh, to heal, you need time to relax, you need time, you need boundaries. That's what the pandemic was for me is to have just better boundaries. And that's what I've been working on ever since. Um, so it's like, if it's not a hell yes, for me, it's like, you know, no offense, you know, it's not something that's an alignment for me, but I think no, I, and again, I, I think that it's a good plug for, you know, a lot of people didn't take advantage. I know I didn't take advantage of, I, I worked through the pandemic myself, but Same. and a lot of people, um, kind of got wasted on the other front of the pandemic, but it, 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 it was a global reset, I think. And sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. That was, I had to do like <clears throat> my, my workload increased by triple. Yeah. Because, uh, cause I, what I do is like, I'm a, uh, pulmonary critical care physician. Right. So like, like for me, the, the workload was just way higher than usual. It was just obnoxious running like, tons of different teams of people and this and that so like for a good solid like i don't know uh maybe year and a half or so super super busy and then um yeah actually coach like remember like you know when i was starting to do some like these twitter spaces and shit mm. some of it was because like i couldn't get very far away from like this hospital and stuff right so it's like hmm what am i going to you know occupy my time with and so it's like okay i don't know like this discovered sort of twitter spaces kind of playing around I already kind of like, you know, did like crypto shit for a really long time. So I was like, whatever, let's just chat and do some things. And um, yeah, it was just kind of like a, a fun little thing that I could like, you know, kick back at the corner of an office and just kind of do some little short things. Um, now it's gotten much, much less busy. So it's not a big deal. So it's like <laughs> chit chat for whatever. But um, yeah, at the time it was super, super busy, like crazy, um, crazy amounts of volume there's times when like i'd have like a hundred patients a day stuff like that really really crazy it's like like even the like it's uh it's hard to depict that like in a tv show or some shit right but mm. it's super, super crazy are you talking about seeing them personally or like managing other doctors at this point no like no like like having that kind of volume uh well it's a mixture of yeah managing other people plus it's not no i'm not doing every single bit of the work obviously myself but yeah. just the the number of folks um you'd be kind of like overseeing at any given moment was like i think it peaked out at like 120 at one point which is pretty which is a lot for a day um like yeah. the number of phone calls all night long and like then you know having to deal with like mayors and like you know cities and like fucking like everybody calling you for like i don't know um yeah, all sorts of things. Just, uh, just a nonstop smorgasbord of shit to do. 
um so yeah it's like i had the opposite of like some of the people that had like uh couldn't you know because like some businesses closed and like you had those people suffering a different type of thing mine was definitely not like a monetary problem because i was actually working like probably yeah like triple or more of what would be normal so it's kind of like uh hanging out in twitter spaces kind of became kind of maybe like a like a release from that and doing something different with a different crowd you know whatever it is so um yeah it's it's a, it was an interesting time I, I i don't know like hopefully that uh we don't have to like go through one of that sh- type of times again like <laughs> uh you you can only do that so many times before it gets fucking old <laughs> like it's not uh and not only that but it's weird because like it's like normally right like if you do like intensive care medicine the number of people that die um you know like if you like all comers in the united states right like maybe you get like 20 percent of people that come to an intensive care unit or their destiny is to die like they have some cancer they have some problem that can't be fixed whatever it is right so we have like we do that like normally but if you just look to this time period like uh or like a regular pneumonia or whatever right like most of the time people aren't uh um it's it's not so vicious so aggressive right but to go through like let's say like you know normally like on a give any given day let's say i have like maybe let's say there's like 25 uh, 30 patients and maybe like, uh, I don't know, like a third of them are on a ventilator or something like that, or maybe less even a lot of times. And then go to a situation where you have 120 and like, and like 70 of them on ventilators and every possible nook and cranny of the fucking building that can have like the hookups, right? It's just insane. Like the, just the, like the sheer craziness um, of the whole thing was just very, very weird. Um, and then on top of that, you'll have like people posting on Facebook, like, Oh, it's fake and all this stuff. I'm like, all right, come to work with me. Like, like you know, like uh, uh, take a deep breath over here and you see what it's like. Um, yeah, it's just, it was this weird experience. Um, like it's, it's very, very kind of surreal in terms of just the sheer magnitude, just like just absolute brutality of like this type of damage to your lungs. Right. Like it's not, it, it's very different than the usual, like um, like you flew with ARDS or like you know, pneumonia with respiratory distress. It was just really, really wicked and like really damaging. And so it wasn't like even like the workload, it's weird in critical care. It's like if you're sort of modestly ill, but you get to a peak and you stabilize, you get better. It's one thing. But when you're like on the brink of death every day, cause you're, you, you barely have any functional ability. Uh, it's pretty depressing. Cause like, it's a pretty good, you have, you get pretty good at knowing like who's going to live and die. So it's like, okay, well, like the odds of this actually going well are so poor, uh, yet you drag it out. You end up having to drag it out for two, three weeks just to find out because you don't know for sure, right? So the problem is like if you can mm-hmm. tell the future, it'd be fine, but you can't. So what ends up happening is like a significant portion of people like dragged through like two, three weeks at a time and then still died anyway, right? Despite I everything. think I would rather die than be put on a ventilator, to be honest. I just, if I had like pneumonia, unless it was like, you know, like a, like a accident if i was like old or and i got covid or whatever and it was really bad i'd rather just like they call like pneumonia like the old man's friend and my time to work and that's because it's like they usually just peacefully die in their sleep compared to having a throat like a pipe shoved down your throat yeah it kind of um, depends it kind of depends like it's like um i don't know it's not that yeah. it's not as like um bothersome to people as you might think because a lot of people don't remember the experience it's not like oh you're mm. just sitting there worried about it while you're there so it's, it's not just yes yeah, but it's yeah i see what you're saying though like yeah it depends on your age and what's going on right i mean like equally like if i develop some sort of aggressive cancer or something like that um i would never go through chemotherapy or radiotherapy i would rather die 
because yeah, even there's, if, there's something to be said depending on the situation for being left the fuck alone. Yeah, there's like it depends on yeah, the problem. Though, like, yeah. In terms of the overall like, mortalities and then like recurrences after like a lot of radiation therapy and stuff like that, you know, whatever happens to me, I'm going to die at some point and I'd rather die having never gone through chemo. Actually, a surreal thing was like we were doing like I, I was just happened to drop onto like Marius's spaces and like he and I were chatting and that was the first time I had like even used this app, right? Like sometime last year uh, to, to use like Twitter spaces. And um, like, are we talking work- about death? This is sad. It's Friday night. Yeah, it's probably, yeah. Well, I'll end it on like a happy note here. So like, uh, like the, the night I was sort of like, uh, the first day, like I was like playing on this thing was like the day I get a phone call that like my father has leukemia. So between then and like, um, you know, much later, he actually is in like, you know, pretty full remission right now. He's back to like cleaning the city and shit like that. Like he's like usually like, uh, clean up litter and like taking care of things anyway he he developed full remission got better and like uh is back to doing his shit um but yeah it's like uh it was a, a interesting sort of like a year that where like you know we had a fam like you know a major family member obviously get sick on top of all the other shit going on which is you know crazy yeah it's a super super busy couple of years but what are you gonna do right like you just have to that's what i'm saying like you have to roll with the punches like if you sit there and like get depressed about everything, it's just gonna like uh like there's a limitless number of things to get upset about essentially. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry I missed the uh, Coach Bruce Wrangler beta male makes women squirt pee pin. Is can we revisit that for me? Yeah, sure. Uh- a lot of um there've been well f- for a long time there was a debate whether the whether well three different things so the two most important things is do women squirt or not and then the second most yes. important is, is okay the second most important thing is is what is squirt like what is it fundamentally what's its constituent parts like where does it oh, originate I remember hearing this yeah 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 so there are many theories one of these like straight piss another thing is like it's piss but it goes through a certain gland and another thing it's like some fucking mysterious like unidentified little known gland that emits it and and there's all kinds of debate for a very long time um and, and my 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 feeling on this my conclusion if you like is that beta males um produce one thing in females and i think alpha males produce the other thing i don't think all squirt is the same i think there's a clear taxonomy of squirt i think when a beta male um amen yeah go ahead no i said amen yeah i think when a beta male fucks his female there's a kind of even though she might accept the sperm there's an intuitive kind of repulsion which leads her to piss on him. And I don't think that is accompanied with, with orgasmic pleasure. Whereas with a female who is fucking an alpha male, I think in that case, the, the function of squirting is to, to loosen up the cervix and shuffle the sperm up into the egg. Have you ever experienced it? Squirting, yeah, yeah, many times, many times. Yeah. I had a girl who splattered over my sofa, which is very unarming. So you said many times by many different um, subjects or? Yeah, yeah, like I had a few violent ones as well. 
so you 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 could actually have a a a, a, a you know a lap because I've only had two that have scored mm. it for myself. Hey, coach. And sorry, sorry to interrupt you, Joshua. Coach, um, what exactly am I walking into? I hate. To, why do you do this? Why do you do this thing where you need to know? I, I just, like, I just when, like to know about women. Can, can you please not imagine? God. Jibba, imagine, imagine you're a little child, and you go outside into the garden or the the backyard in American language, and you look up at the sky. And the, the, the expansive night sky seems so boundless and amazing. And you see the stars twinkling and you stare up more and more. Maybe you lie down on the, the oh, where's Zara gone? Oh, no. Zara's left. No, she's just a listener. I know. Why did she do that, though? Is was something I said. What? Can, can you continue on, though, coach, please? I feel uncomfortable now. Why has she done that? Please, please, coach. I just, I just want to know the end of this sentence. All right. Wish well, she's gone completely. That's sad. Uh, yeah. Well, if you look up at the stars as a young child, Jerba, and you lie down in the yard, and um, you you're lying down on your back and looking at the stars, just observing the night sky, and maybe every now and then you see a shooting star. You're looking at some of the, the constellations, although you don't know the name. Um, there's there's a sense when you're in that state, that childlike state where you allow the entire sky and everything above you and the, the enormity of the cosmos and the boundlessness of the cosmos to just fill your entire being. And it's like all the other senses you have um, go silent, like, like the sense of smell or uh, hearing. They, can, they kind of go silent, and you allow the, the sense of vision, like the boundlessness of the sky above you, to just fill the entirety of your being. It's like... You, you you almost forget yourself because the sky is so enormous and boundless that there is only the sky and you're just absorbed in like the awe of it, the magic of it. Like, wow, like, look at that. Like, it's so clear and bright and open. Um, and, and in that Sorry. state, in that state, you just, you, the thing is, you don't need to know what it is. There's an awe and a mystery that is present before the need to know. And it can be the I, same. I understand, Coach. Uh, I apologize for my insolence. Uh, it was a mistake. Uh, please, please don't punish me. You don't have to be weird about what? it. What did Zara say? I missed that. She said I don't have to be weird about it. Yeah. Anyway, you can look. There's a way to live um, where you don't need to know anything. You can be happy with the mystery in every moment because it always is that. Like in truth, every single moment, no matter where you are, is an eternal mystery. And um, you can, if you're astute, you'll realize that, that there's really no evidence that you've ever had a history in each moment. The only thing we have is like very transient thoughts and memories. And in reality, it's like we could have woken up right now. Hey, coach, sorry to interrupt you, but uh, I'm just hanging out with my friend and uh I just uh, want to let you know that he and I both agree that you have a very uh, beautiful voice. Thank you. Anytime. I want to get to that place that you're talking about. I I feel like the the good Lord has dealt me too good of a hand, and I I, I just waste it. Mm. 
that waste it in what way? What's happening? Yeah. That peace, comfort in that you speak of and just being like content. So the biggest thing that I think any human can achieve is contentment. And I'm I'm just filled with fuck. I have big road rage. I'm like I'm an asshole to people. I'm full of love. But I can be the fucking meanest person. And it sucks. I love myself and I hate myself. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people struggle with that. And it's actually like a, not to be like a, too, going too far with it, but it's really hard to express that, to be honest, and, and say what you just did and talk about it. Because sometimes with anger in the moment you're not yourself you're completely just powered by adrenaline and you know you say things that you don't mean and you do things that you don't mean to do or don't want to do rationally it feels like there's like a you know like a beast inside you that's like trying to get out but um so i understand but also over your life your temperament changes and like it changes and the fact that you don't want to be like this anymore shows that you're not going to be like this forever you will figure it out and you will learn to manage your feelings in, in the way that's best for you and you will have that contentment that bruce spoke about but all you need to do is just uh, foster an unwavering attitude of complete understanding and also love to be honest for yourself and for your like i guess your inner child if you want to call it that whatever part of you gets angry and um upset and expresses things and think well why do i feel these things what makes me react the way i do and you know it's it's a bit like uh, hard to kind of deal with after years and years of doing something but everything can be regenerated everything can be changed if you want it to be and just because you're one way now and happy in the past doesn't mean you'll be that way forever so yeah i trust that you'll figure that out joshua thank you yeah it's kind of like uh it's like what is the like, what is the thing to say here that like makes any sense? Um, yeah, there's like, I think some of us just have like a bit more of a, uh, I don't know, it's like an anxious temperament. Like, uh, having seen this for a very long time, it's like, it does tend to be the kind of temperament that leads people to do things like, like drink or, uh, you know, like it, you know, it, there's like, people have like an anxious kind of like, vibe about them there's a tendency to kind of get into substances too which is pretty common and other people just sort of like kind of like uh explode from time to time it's like just like it's like a volcano or some shit like it's like pressure building up inside a bottle or something um but yeah it's like it's hard to say like what's that that what is that like little red button that you push that's going to make that different i think that's uh that moment's like different for everybody like that sort of like that moment that like you sort of switch gears and you like, you're on a different set of train tracks forever. Um, and yeah, if it's like some people, they go on to like uh, a sort of set of train tracks, it's sort of like destructive, you know, uh, not particularly helpful. And then other people are able to kind of like shift gears and move onto a different like pathway. And it's like, when you hear stories about like people that like switch uh, in this way, like it's, mm, it's not like consistent to me, like what it is, like, it's like if you're to say like what would be that moment like what's that thing like what's that inspiration some people say it's like 
you know, it might be a religious experience or some sort of like artistic experience or musical or whatever. Like, it seems like it's different for everybody. So it's like finding that one sort of experience that makes you have like this maybe divergent view or this like big shift in the emotional view of life is actually, um, it's hard to predict ahead of time. In other words, like, okay, if you go do this, like, you know, things will be different. But like, uh, I think one thing that like, can help is like in a sense like what uh bruce was saying before in the uh, previous discussion is like it's almost like you want to go do something completely different like go do something that has nothing to do with what you do now and go do that for like a couple of months just go like fucking just like uh sit somewhere and like look at a beach or something or i don't know like just figure out what that is and just completely uh like almost divorce yourself from the life that you're in and then like like have an experience that's so completely different that it like it forces you to live differently for a period of time. Um, it can, it can be very helpful actually. Um, interesting thing is like to go somewhere that's really, really like, um, I don't know, fundamentally poor, like, like go to like, uh, like the, the slum somewhere, like in, uh, like Brazil or like India or something. And you go hang out there for a while. Why do you want to do this? Like, this is like the pathway of Siddhartha, the king of, you know, like that, uh, ultimately is known as, a like uh you know buddha but the basic idea here is like if you see that like people that have like fucking nothing are essentially like like in one way you might think well that's kind of a suffering but i think uh in another way it's like those people are like generally very very happy can i can i can i build on that if you don't mind yeah go ahead i actually i spent some time in south africa doing a little bit of surfing and um you know, a couple of, <clears throat> I wish I could relive exactly what you're talking about, but we went to this festival. It, it was a Sunday gathering and, uh, you know, leaving for one, we had an abundance of food. We were buying beer out of this lady's, uh, house across the street like kind of it she that was her business and so she has it set up to kind of like uh serve like surfers or something no 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 this is i i was just down there doing that but this is out kind of in in rural south africa in that area and they have like this barbecue place where people just stand in line and you pick out your meat and you have you have them cook it on like these char grills and it's just all enclosed and you just wait for your meat to get cooked and people just drink there all day listen to music and it's it's a good time um but the the lady across the street sells beer and there's like some intimidating guys out front. And, you know, I mean, I'm pretty street smart and like, you just have to treat people with respect and short story long, like we ordered way too much food. And at the end of the day, we ended up like buying so much beer from this lady across the street that, I'm like, oh, let, let's bring this food over to the lady across the street. And 
when I went up to the porch, she was like so loving. She's like, come sit on my couch. And I was like, and I realized right then that she's like, she has a couch and she's proud of that couch. And I was like, it it melted my heart. And I just, I like, I, I, I can't explain it. It was just, and when I left there, we were driving through some really poor sections of that area. And I saw a mother, a father, and two kids in this dilapidated area. And the kids were having fun, jumping on a tire, just doing nothing on a Sunday afternoon. And all of them had a smile on their face. Josh, yeah, where, which part of the, uh, if you don't mind me asking, like what part of the country are you from or living in? I'm in New England. I'm from Massachusetts. You might, uh, you might make a little trip, like, like you hop in your car one day and drive all the way down to Louisiana and go to like some, like the little boonie towns, like, you know, like really, really like Bayou sort of like um, in the middle of fucking nowhere, Cajun country type towns. And uh, go hang out there for a while, and uh, yeah, well, they I would think... they'd kill me. These people would kill me. That's the thing. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Wait, why would they do that, Joshua? To be honest, I mean, these I don't mean to be disrespectful like... here, but it doesn't really sound like uh, you know how poor people live. Um, like the way you told that story after a surfing festival, you seem pretty well off, and. Um, I'm very, very, very fortunate. I came from my grandfather. um, I understand. I'm just saying. Yeah. I think you should maybe even have a look in your own country. There's a massive opioid problem in your country. And like, oh my gosh, do you know how many problems my country has? I don't know. We sell children. My country is disgusting. But I think if you go out in real life and you actually maybe gather a bit more experience with all of that stuff, um, there's this stuff on your doorstep every day. Like there's stuff everywhere you look. And I no, think your, um, your, your mission, Joshua. You're so gonna, like, can you're gonna, I, you're gonna it was, I used to when I was real when I like about twenty years ago. I saw a homeless. I I. I'm gonna say, uh, Joshua, maybe like, uh, maybe jot down like a little mission. <laughs> so, so, what you're gonna do is you're gonna go down to like one of the small towns in uh, Louisiana, way down south, right? Like, that's not gonna be on my list. I appreciate the. I mean, but, but, but think about this: close to the ocean, right? And uh, so you, um, there's several things you need to do. It's like first is you hang out with a group of uh, guys. You head out and you go like fishing out there. And uh, by the way, they're super, super welcoming, welcoming, really nice people. I and, love uh, The hospitality is like phenomenal. Like, like these are just fucking like amazing people. And then um, you go hang out there and uh, you, you look at like the, the, the way they live, the kind of like their mindset and shit, right? Uh, they literally like live for today. They don't give a flying fuck. Like they just like, they'll like, you know, and then they'll like the next day they'll go like wrestle with alligators or some shit. And then they'll like go and like, catching crawfish or whatever and then cooking that up and uh they're they're all about sort of like you know finding 
food and then like cooking it up and like you know uh, uh you know grilling it or whatever it is you know like uh, the whole cooking thing is kind of fun but anyway like yeah it, it's a good idea to kind of like just uh feel that kind of like deep hospitality right like for people that don't even know you like they're just there and they're just like the it's like uh you can feel the the kind of the I don't know what it is like that kind of like welcoming camaraderie Southern has hospitality. Yeah. I think, I think what it is is like, um, like if you go to the, like the Northeast, like there is this kind of like this, like in a way, like a very rough mentality. California yeah. has an interesting mentality too, which is like um, in many ways, like very like image conscious and very judgmental. But like you go to, you know, down there at Louisiana and Holy shit, dude, like you'll know what I'm talking about, but it's, It'd be a lot of, you, you'd like it a lot. Sorry to interrupt. I'm going to go to bed. Good night, everyone. Oh, yeah. Night, Zara. Oh, oh hi, Eddie. Um, bye, Eddie. Are you kidding me? <laughs> You're going to go to bed now? I'm sorry. It's, came on. <laughs> it's 5 a.m. And I just realized I've got to go like to the post 5 office. 5 a.m. in the UK right now, so she's probably... Yeah. Good night, Zara. I've got to go to the post office in four hours and get my new glasses, and I need to make my mum a massive birthday cake for the day after, so... Mm. I think I'm going to go to bed too at exactly the same time and the same place. <laughs> Craziness. Okay, night. Good night. Yeah, anyway. So, uh, yeah, Joshua, like, uh, wh- wh- where do you think the, uh, the that sort of, like, magical moment is for you? What do you think? Like, what's going to... No, I I, I I really like that because I've always wanted, uh, you know, people... <clears throat> I've tried that hike in the woods for a couple of nights to try and find that, you know, I, I believe my spiritual and everything is lined up. And and when you want to see and experience more, I, I, I think you kind of nailed it. I don't want to like, I don't, I want to see that humanity. You're right. Sometimes it's better to like just literally like almost like do what someone else says versus what you instinctually do yourself, right? Because it's like no, it's exactly, almost like bro, it's like, a weird kind of like it's like a weird kind of spirit oh, walk man, fucking thing, dude, right? Just eat a couple of mushrooms, stay out in the woods for a couple of days. Yeah, I get it. Like I've done that. It's like you're right. I need, but these people and I know I'm pretty fucking enlightened. But the people that give me that advice. I don't think. Yeah, um, I'm not saying like go do drugs and shit like that. That's kind of one thing. I'm just saying like experience a crowd that's different than what you see. Like in like Addy, you're you're in that general region, like Massachusetts and all. So like it's just a that. But you're originally from California, I think, right? I I think she's still driving and such, but like, yeah, this shit, like, but you, like, if you look at the difference in like California and like Massachusetts and New York crowd, it's very, very different. And yeah, uh, but yeah, like being, being like immersed in that kind of like weird, like hospitality culture, which is very different from like the Northeast in many ways. It's, it's like, it's like a worthwhile, like time period to just do that is what I'm saying. It's a very interesting crowd. Down there. Right, man. Also, I got to say is I'm going to put, probably 12 months on this journey well not not meaning like that within 12 months i'm gonna do that and if i die down there it's your fault wait why are you gonna die down there i don't know 
I, I, I stayed down there for quite some time. There. Like, I was there I'm for several saying. years. Yeah, these are this is a good crowd. Because I'm like, a Yankee, bro. <laughs> yeah, but they don't give a shit about all that. Like, they're pretty cool. Like, you know, people make it out like, you know, uh, like. That's how we make like, it out. There's this theory in like, uh, in like, I don't know, fucking like American like pop culture, bullshit culture that these are all like. You know, these all these little, like, little areas are all like fucking either racist or some other bullshit. Like, this is not a, it's just not really true, generally speaking. Like, this is a pretty good, like. Oh, I love, we all know stereotypes. It's a stereotype, and it doesn't mean we can't, like, just. Yeah. You know, yeah, I get it. No, but like, these are pretty happy go lucky fucking people, dude. Like, these are people that, like, literally, like, some of, a lot of the people down there, they haven't even left the state. Like they're just chilling there and just kind of like they do their fucking thing. Very like slow way of life, right? Like, like they're not worried about shit, right? Like, like they drink too much and eat too much and die. They're like, fuck it, I don't care. Like that. There's like a carefree sort of attitude that that like accompanies that crowd. And there's something very like uh, I don't know. There's something very specific. Like it changes you if you live with them for a while. It's interesting. Um, I, I I definitely like think of those kind of, you know the kind of the thing is like a lot of places in the in the country right they're not so specific like where the culture's a bit different the food's different the the kind of the the vibe and everything i just find that to be a very like specific vibe it probably you could get something similar if you were on like some kind of i don't know maybe indian reservation or some shit but like i don't know this is this is more accessible i think where you just go hang out down there just just randomly meet people and see what they're like. I think you'd be impressed how how interesting that crowd is. It's like really, really like I'm intrigued. That's all I know. I'm very intrigued now. Yeah, I thought I thought it was super nice people. I I was only there for a few years or whatever, like while I was like kind of working and such, but I went to some pretty small towns and stuff and um they were always like super appreciative of uh of like whatever and you know you like you're just presence there and everything and they just love food and everything and and um like yeah it's like it didn't matter if it was like more the the like there's like a pretty good like there's different groups down there there's like there's like a white crowd with some different interesting shit like cajuns and then this and that and they have this kind of like weird like language and everything like you don't know what the fuck they're talking about then you had like and you have like um there's like um there's a different crowd that's kind of like a black crowd with the whole vibe and everything and um and I'm not saying go to like the fucking like the most crime ridden parts of New Orleans or because I'm not trying to get you killed or whatever. Like, you know, like like east of the French Quarter in New Orleans, like went to shit, basically. But uh, there's some great areas down there in like rural New Orleans, though, like just really interesting spots that like the crowds and the little towns of food. Everything's really interesting. You'd, you'd like it probably. And like it's a very, very different experience in the Northeast. For sure. It's wild because. um one of my best friends and his wife are actually they're, they're living in Oregon and they're down in Louisiana right now. It's kind of trippy that you're even <laughs> this. Where are they at? I bet. Oh, they, they were down at Mardi Gras. I, listen, don't judge me because I see them on Snapchat, but yeah, we're old people on Snapchat. Um, but they share their story and they're down, they're down at Mardi Gras and now they're going to the coast to go fishing. Oh yeah. 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 
And so yeah, that's fun. Yeah, Mardi Gras is one thing. Like that's a that's a fun experience too. But uh, and they put a lot of work into it. Like it's pretty cool. But um, yeah, there's just like it's like they have like little towns too that have those kind of parades during Mardi Gras, not just the New Orleans one that you kind of think of. And uh, yeah, it's it's a interesting culture the crowd there. They're very deep, like they're very into their thing, whatever. Like they like their little Cajun language and all that stuff. And um, they they seem to maintain it pretty well. Like I think like generations sort of stay there. It's not they don't leave necessarily. So um, uh, yeah, it's it's super interesting. You keep, you right. should be the salesman. I'm ready to go right now. <laughs> oh jeepus! I just thought it'd be interesting. I, I, I just thought it'd be interesting for you specifically because like you're kind of like. You know, it's like you, you need to see that vibe. That's what you need. Let it, let it, let it uh, absorb some of that basically into you. <laughs> the you know, love like, vibe. I yeah. Need to, or, I, I need whatever love. That, yeah. Or whatever that thing is that they have down there. You know, like, like maybe get yourself a voodoo doll and maybe like, you know, hex a few people or some shit too. Um, <laughs> um, Gusal, or how do you say your name, Gusal? Which, what are you up to, man? Got like folks coming to hang out. I don't know who's who. Let me see here. It's like, yeah, feel free to chat, guys. Uh, how are you guys doing? Addy, what you up to tonight, anyway? I feel like you're going to get annoyed. I don't know if there's background noise, but I'm in the back of the cab coming back to from the bar. Oh, okay. Do, do, do anything interesting there or what? What'd you say? Oh, did you catch up with any interesting people there? Um, I was with some friends that I went to college with. Um, I mean, they all like live here still, but it's our homecoming weekend actually this weekend. So we have a lot of friends that are in town tomorrow doing all that. So kind of went home a little bit early because I have to be up super early to go up to my college. Oh, I see. Oh, there's like a, a college homecoming event. Yeah, they do like everyone goes and like drinks on this big lawn and then there's a football game which I will not be watching but then everyone, like all the alumni go out to bars and stuff in the area and just catch up with, you know, friends ex-boyfriends super exciting stuff so your school's like in what manhattan area right or you said yeah it's a little it's it's not in manhattan but it's in one of the five boroughs it's like up to the bronx so oh yeah that's right you mentioned that yeah that's cool so like uh so this evening is like uh, like friends coming into town and like hanging out but then like the weekend is kind of this whole thing yeah, tonight was honestly like I just went out with friends that already like they live in New York and we got dinner and then um, went to a bar. We we're on the Upper East Side and I live on the Lower East Side, so Upper East Side is kind of like a lot quieter. But we went to this cool little Irish bar, which was fun. Um, and then yeah, tomorrow's like I'll be at my like campus for most of the day probably, and then. Um, I actually have a lot of stuff to do tomorrow night. It's my friend's birthday, but that's kind of separate. So it's funny, so, like Bruce changed the name of the space and then we ran off. Yeah, it's like pretty. Um, 
it's kind of controversial. Yeah, kind of scary. I thought earlier <laughs> when I when I looked, I thought it said under twenty two when I like saw it when I was not on the space, but maybe he decided to be a little more lenient and put it at twenty three. I don't know. Um, yeah, kind of like maybe scaring some people off, but that's okay. <laughs> Yeah, like, I don't know what he was thinking. He oh, just you're too like, scared. Now you have to change it. Well, it's been like <laughs> that for, like, a solid, like, three hours. So I'm like, well, hmm. Like, yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's a little confrontational, sort of. But this is better, I guess. Now people are going to come in and they're going to be confused as to what the space is about. But I guess that's kind of always the case. Yeah, that's true. Like... Let's see if uh, anyone wants to hop on here. <laughs> hey, Fakira, how are you doing? Hmm. Are you there? Connected? Fakira. Hmm. That was fun. Um, that was so well, creepy. My, no, my, my girlfriend's kind of passed out on the floor. and Her name's Farah, but she thinks you're talking to her. Hey, Farah, I am talking to you. Wait, why is your girlfriend passed out on the floor? Uh, she drank too much. Oh. Uh, well, at least she's, she's speaking. on the floor. Oh, man. <laughs> um, it's like this... This fucking Twitter, it's like, it's it never ceases to amaze me, like, what kind of craziness is going on. I know, because also, you're on Twitter and... He also has your name on his floor. It's like remarkable. Yeah, maybe like <laughs> get her some water or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I thought I was drunk and then I heard that and I'm like feeling much better about myself now. So thank you to your passed out girlfriend. She's got a tiger shirt on though. That's, she has a what? That's kind of cool. A she's got a, a, a Yeah, she's. Listen, I'm not happy about the whole thing. I, this this is how the nights. Love you guys. I'm going to Louisiana. <laughs> yeah, don't drink too much there, though, Joshua. Like they can hold it with the best of them, right? Like you'll never catch up. Like don't 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 try to like out drink some Louisianans. They'll fuck you up, right? Like else, he'll do what he wants anyways. Oh, he'll do what he wants, anyways. <laughs> good morning, good morning. Uh, hey, Rahul, how are you? What, what's, what are you doing, man? I am good, and you are. Hmm, where are you good, from? Good evening. Good morning. Good morning, home. Yeah. Good morning. I'm, what are you doing? I'm from. India, Mumbai. Oh yeah. So, um, are there friendly people in Mumbai? What? Are there friendly people in your town? Friendly people, right? The, the... I couldn't understand. I don't understand. Do you like the people that live in the Okay, great. Heart react. 
your sound is not clear you were breaking up there Addy. that's why he's trying to figure out what's happening with your sound um rahul so the, the i heard there's a, a mafia in mumbai is that right yes yeah like like if i go to visit mumbai like is the mafia going to kidnap me no 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 so you're you're going to protect me or something you are from brother you are from when i was, was going to say are you going to protect me if i come to mumbai and hang out with you I think he's got some like reception issues or something. Brother, you from anyway. Um, well, at the moment I'm in the US. USA. Yeah, you're and you're in Mumbai, right? So I was just yeah. thinking of coming to visit. Is that cool? You your president is Joe Biden. Yeah, sadly. Yeah, but yes. Nobody is proud of that. Yeah, he's kind of like just a, a, a silly old man, basically. Nobody understands what the fuck's going on, right? Yeah, but anyway, yeah. But what are you gonna do? Like, you get what you get, right, Rahul? There, there, there is night or day. Yeah. So, do you do you like your prime minister? Who's your prime minister of India right now? I'm Narendra Modi ji. Today on is uh, Modi ji. Have you ever met him? Birthday, birthday. Today's birthday. Yeah, have you ever met him? Sorry. Uh, have you ever met him personally? Rahul, Rahul are you there? I, I said, have you ever met him? I don't. This is like pulling teeth. Yeah, I know. It's weird. <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. Ukraine's coming back. Who's actually from Poland. I love Ukraine. Yeah. Yeah, Rahul, I can't, I can't really, like, understand, like, are you trying Ukraine to have a conversation? Like, what are you trying to do? I like Ukraine and Zelensky. Zelensky. Oh, Zelensky. Oh, yeah, you're a fan of Zelensky, huh? Hmm, okay. I like, I, I, I like Ukraine. Indian people. I love, most, most love people. Oh, really? Wow. You have a, like, you love them more than anybody, huh? Are you going to pick pray, up, pray like, for, maybe pray a... Pray for Ukraine, pray for Ukraine. Rahul, have you ever considered like maybe picking up like a set of like kitchen knives and going to the Ukraine to go fight there and save the people? Or are you just like you're just sending their love from a distance? Like what's your thing? Right? Like you're gonna help, right? I don't know. I'm having a hard time, like not sure why he's in pause all the time. Hmm. Do you want more of the Josh show? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm not sure what happened. 
Uh, hey, Ukraine, what are you doing, man? Good morning. Just woke up. Was I drunk yesterday? Well, I if I recall, you're from Holland, but you're in Poland, right? Right. But your name on Twitter is Ukraine Needs You, so it just gets even more complicated. <laughs> okay. What time is it, actually? Uh, uh, where are you guys at? Uh, it's like midnight or so. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Which is not okay. too late. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah so you, um, yeah, I think I figured out, like, yeah, the, the, so what are you up to today then? Um, I have uh, some uh, Ukraine uh, 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 people uh, from Ukraine who are starting a job uh, here in Poland. And if they're good in the restaurants, we will send them to Holland. Oh, okay. So you're just like testing them out there a little bit. Yeah, we're testing them if they're working okay and everything. And then if that's okay, we'll uh, send them to Holland, give them a house and let them work in one of the restaurants. Interesting. Hmm. So like, uh, but like, is Holland actively seeking sort of like uh, immigrants from UK or Ukraine or something? Or like, what, like, how does this work? Like, are you part of some kind of special group or what? No, uh, to tell you the truth, uh, cheap. It's cheap. Uh, the Dutch people don't want to work for this kind of money. Okay. And the Ukraine people, they will work. You're just looking for people that will work for less. Not for less, uh, for the jobs that the Dutch people don't want. Ukraine, can I ask you a question? Yeah. So you said like you're going to basically give them a trial run in Poland. So mm -hmm. what if they're really bad? Do you send them back like to like war torn Ukraine or like no, what do you no, do no, with no. them? No, uh, we we uh, the people we have here, uh, we give them uh, uh, houses and uh, small security, so they're okay. You know, they can start their life. And the people who want to go to Holland, no problem, come to Holland. And the people who want to work for me, well, I test them first before I take you. Oh, that's so nice. Okay, cool. Do you, would you hire me? Uh, I don't know you, Josh. So you have to test well, one first. <laughs> uh, uh, well, before I go to Louisiana, I might want to try this out. You want to work as a waiter in Holland? Wow. Okay. Fuck yeah, man. <laughs> well, I'm a, spoiled, I, I, I'm a spoiled person, so I might as well get some real world experience. Well, my last dishwasher was uh, in 2013. He's now multi-multi-millionaire. That was a kid who told me to buy Bitcoin, and I smiled in his face. And until this day, I'm still sorry. I smile at his face. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> no problem. Come to Poland. Yakshimash, that's my homeland. Klausjak is my grandfather's maiden name very nice so i'm gonna drink a coffee and uh i was just uh having fun with you guys yesterday thanks guys again yeah cool good hanging out again i just followed you don't make sure my passport gets stamped don't worry about that we got we got the, we got our ways to get it stamped <laughs> Ciao, everybody. Yeah, cool. Yeah, we got, uh, yeah, he's got an interesting story. He's got like, he's from Holland, yet he's in Poland. 
and he's got like different refugees and things happening and like i don't know interesting probably has a lot I'm, of interesting uh, stories uh, about restaurants i'm gonna be a, a a refugee undercover i think is that what i just volunteered for yeah maybe i don't know <laughs> not really sure um yeah there, there could be any number of like uh like any number of issues that might emerge in this like transaction i'm not really sure i think maybe like focus on collecting voodoo dolls in louisiana first uh before you like cross the atlantic ocean and then like do that there right or or, or josh you know what you could do is you could go and uh head down to ukraine right like take maybe a you know like i don't know go help out down there or something like evict some russians or whatever the fuck they do down there but use that cool ocean technology that cleans the ocean by recycling the water and like picking up all the debris no i'm just saying like maybe kick out some russians out of ukraine go down there and kind of oh them. i can't do maybe that. maybe take out your anger like take a baseball bat or something i don't know not that badass yeah I mean, well you don't have to be badass you just have to be like a little ninja like you just you know like, hide in the bushes or some shit and then whack some some russian or something Josh I don't know how guerrilla warfare shit works. Am I going to be a Josh Alandy? Yeah, I don't really know how this guerrilla warfare shit works. <laughs> like, I've never done it before, right? Like, I'm just... I did that just, wicked small scale, like, honestly, in my neighborhood. I was like, I'm just thinking, like, maybe, like, you'll be on... Uh, you'll go and you'll do all this shit and you'll, like, have this crazy story to tell and you'll come back in Twitter space and have this whole, like, saga that you've done, right? Like, I don't know, maybe. So, in, like, in... Uh, you know, By the way, is your girlfriend still alive over there? You check if she's breathing. Yeah, she's she alive. just went to the PP and now she's like okay. doing jumping jacks and she's all ready to go to the casino. That's oh, yeah. um, but yeah, no, it's the story of Jabez. Read if you if you get bored, look it up. The story of Jabez. How do you spell that? J A B something Z. Jabez? Like what are J-A-B-A-Z. It was like, <clears throat> like this person did that, like controlled okay. a small area of their life and then continued to pray more to God to let them expand their territory. And yeah, just read it. You All might right. like it. Interesting. Story of Jabez. Okay. Uh, hmm. Hey, Vishal, how are you? Oh, disappeared. It's interesting. Like, I think it's like maybe time when like maybe India wakes up or something. Like, like all these Indians names are showing up and then like disappearing all of a sudden somewhere. I'm not sure where. It's like, I'm not sure what they're thinking. Maybe they're, they're really intimidated. Maybe that's why. I don't know. It's like, I think, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I, we, like, if I can pin one down long enough to ask them, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we would probably figure this out, right? Like, this mystery of where these, like, uh, I don't know, a bunch of Asians coming in and leaving and coming <laughs> in and leaving. It's strange. Yeah. It's like a big mystery. Some conspiracy. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to, like, make you annoyed or something. So get frustrated because they keep leaving. They'll just, I don't know. Maybe they want to provoke you. 
By the way, did you ever get to that chicken you made, or is like it's just still sitting there? <laughs> no, I carved it. Like I, I, I left oh. it there for like after I cooked it because I didn't want to carve it, but I did carve it, and now it's sitting, like in my fridge. I had some of it today for lunch, so. Was... Yeah, I was gonna say like you you created a lot of chicken for for a solo. Thing, right? So <laughs> well, yeah, but I have like a bunch of like you know, like I said, friends coming in and out this weekend. So maybe somebody will be like, oh, you know what I really am craving? Some roast chicken. And then I'll be able to go, you'll never believe what I have in my fridge. And then they'll be like really thrilled or something. So that's my hope. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's my big plan, kind of. I don't know. Maybe I'll like woo somebody with my roast chicken. Mm. Hey, Kermo, what's happening with you? Yeah, I was just going to say that I think um, I think my username is actually attracting all these Indians into the um, into the space. Uh, it's the Sanskrit word for turtles, so um, yeah, that that could be what's uh, what's happening. Oh, it's karma is tur is means turtle in Sanskrit. Yeah, correct. So uh, yeah, I don't know whether I should change it or whether I should leave it the same. Uh, probably leave it. I don't know, like. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what attracts the different people in here. Most of the people in here are fucking nuts. That's for sure. We know that, right? Like, <laughs> oh, I guess I'm no exception either. So, yeah, 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 yeah. That's no, all good. I'm just saying, like, like it's a pure mystery why anyone's here. So it's cool. Um, yeah, yeah. If anyone wants to kind of hop up and hang out, like, feel free. Like, <laughs> like, uh. We're not going to get too goofy with you, maybe. <laughs> kind of tired already. Seppi, what have you done tonight? Um, mostly just kind of chilling, ate some things, and then had like some, um, I don't know, some random shit like floating on the TV in the background. You I ate have... some things? What did you eat? Um, I don't know. Like, I made some pasta and uh, like, uh, I don't know, just whatever like nothing special surprised you know how to like even make pasta you kind of like strike me as somebody that would just kind of be like i don't know be a little bit like no i started in the kitchen or something i thought really it was gonna be alligator no i'm pretty good in the kitchen i've got uh like i can make quite a bit of quite a few things um like for example pretty good at like um uh like i can make a pretty good souffle Ooh. i can make um let's see what else uh some um i've i've tried some different like interesting like middle eastern desserts to create mm -hmm. uh just because i happen to like this kind of one restaurant one time so i kind of learned a few items just because i like the the type of food and then um i learned uh yeah it's like i think uh it started like in maybe like sixth grade i mm -hmm. accidentally got stuck into a, a homemaking class mm, did i tell you oh. the story no i don't think so yeah so what happened was um so like we were uh we were it was the middle of like a big real estate crash and um like mm, we had a complicated time in our family and like we had to move and part of that moving was going to this like uh new like it's a like little apartment. We had like a, a new school and we, I, we got there really late. Right. So you like normally, you know how you have like a little electives like shop and art classes and things like that. Yeah. 
where all of those things were pretty much like occupied. And the only thing left was like homemaking. That's what they called it. It wasn't called like culinary sciences and shit like they call it now. It's just called homemaking because it was meant to be like, like that's just what they called it. And it was be like an all girls class kind of thing. <laughs> so, you know, imagine you're in sixth grade, right? For a boy, that's pretty embarrassing. It's like, oh shit, I'm with a bunch of little girls and stuff. And uh, everyone's like, you know, cooking and things, right? But like they had like a whole like curriculum, like, you know, I don't know, like you'd have to know what a colander is and you'd have to know like fucking like, like all those little like tools in the kitchen are. And then like, you know, you'd have to take turns like washing dishes and like, I don't know, um, you know, making cakes or whatever the hell we made. So like you'd have this whole thing and it was like a good solid, like, you know, I guess maybe half a year or a year. I can't remember exactly, but whatever it was. Uh, but yeah, it got pretty good in the kitchen actually because of this accidental exposure to this like homemaking class. And uh, yeah, now I have like a, a pretty big kitchen actually because I designed the thing. And it's pretty big, like, like a big ass kitchen. And um, but have like you know do we do grilling things like I don't know whether it's like steaks or like um, rack of lamb things like that. Um, you know, with like some rosemary and things. I don't know. But yeah, did did a fair amount of cooking uh, on the whole. So I know my way around a kitchen. That's uh, interesting. I you see, like, like if I could, um, like, when I picture you, I sort of picture you as the type of person that, like, if they could not eat and, like, have some alternative source of energy, like maybe photosynthesis or, like, plugging themselves into a an outlet or something i picture you would do something like that to just sort of like streamline oh day. just like make it more efficient right like not yeah. have to waste time eating because you're very like rational you seem very like you want to maximize efficiency i don't so know that's i like sort to of eat, how though. i picture you i do like to eat i don't know i just picture you photosynthesizing but it's good to hear that you can cook that's always like a good skill I wish I had yeah. a really, really big kitchen. Like I always love going home because I have like a big kitchen at home, but not in yeah. New York. Yeah, I have a pretty unusually um, uh, large size kitchen, so that's kind of nice. Do you um, have like good cookware? Yeah, I think we got like this big. Like we we just tossed most of our stuff and got like something called a. A hex clad. Have you seen this thing? Yeah, those are really good. They're pretty nice. They work pretty well. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> those are good ones. I like to collect. Um, the fuck, my my cat is like making a bunch of noise in here. Um, but do you have like fancy tools and things like for everything? Sort of. I mean, I have like a like I have like a set of cookware, but it's not like super super nice. Like I bought it myself, but I do have. I like to collect. I don't know if you know the brand. Well, everybody like in like English says Le Creuset, but it's really Le Creuset. But I like to collect pieces from them. So like yeah, I'll look for like unique pieces, like because they do a lot of limited edition stuff. So I have a couple of their limited edition pieces that I bought like secondhand. And yeah, I, I, have, a few, I have a few Le Creuset type items. I don't remember what, but like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I do really you think, use like, the them good... though? Do I use them? Um, no, no I the, collection, the collection pieces. Like I kind of prefer these hex clad things myself. What about you, Eddie? I use them. Yeah. Well, I have like some of them are not like like I have like a I have like a 
oh my god my cat is like freaking out sorry if you didn't hear that in the background i don't know what her issue is i have um, uh, i have a cat thing cats love me yeah she's going nuts i think it's because i've been gone for all night but um some of the pieces i have are kind of like you can't really use them in every day like it's not like it's like a like a pot or something like that like i have a lot of um like bakeware stuff so i have like one that's like a heart-shaped sort of baking pan or like not baking pan but almost like a casserole dish so i've used that to make um like cinnamon rolls and like homemade cinnamon rolls or like sort of baked stuff that's similar to that or you can make like a very small casserole in it not a very small one but like a medium-sized casserole but i don't really make casseroles a lot so I don't use some of them that frequently, but they're nice to have. Um, I think like I like the really cool pieces. So it's just like a fun thing to do. And when you find a really cool one on like eBay or something, it's just so exciting because um, like once they do a collection, like a limited edition collection or a holiday collection, like they never make those pieces again. So it's pretty fun. Hmm. I've never gone so much as to like worry about collecting them. I, I just do like... Um... I don't know. I kind of like having the right tool for the right job or whatever. I'm kind of like, so I'm more. Yeah. You're more like, I think, I think of it more utilitarian. From, yeah. I'm more utilitarian about it for sure. Um, I think I like, I see the collect the, some, well, they're not like collectors items or anything, but like, I just like collecting them. It's like, it's like goes back to the art thing, you know, like they're like very pretty. So why wouldn't I want my kitchen full of pretty cookware? I'm not going to be a creep but this is kind of creepy oh a good woman in the kitchen yeah yeah dog i love i love to cook i cook (laughs) i don't really think that's that creepy i think like (laughs) no probably like i mean honestly (laughs) if there was a woman in my life that was like oh we need some more cookware i'm like well fuck yeah man i'll make space i'll build cabinets your girlfriend's laying right on the floor just say it a little louder and yeah, she'll well, start asking for yeah cookware. grab some like maybe smelling salts or something and just like <laughs> get her to make you like a mandarin orange cake or something <laughs> right like you know like she's right there so like maybe she'll you know like marinate some uh maybe like some tandoori chicken or some shit and like i don't know um she might be pretty good at it like maybe like once the sauce wears off right uh oh! I've raised her ire again. Like periodically, I say something, and she's like, "What? What is that asshole saying about me?" Steffi, do you have like? I was just thinking about this because I know you said like you. Well, I know you're in Texas now, but like you grew up partly in Texas, from my understanding. Um, do you have like? Do you have a cast iron that's been passed down? Or oh no, I don't. Yeah, though I don't have anything like nostalgic in the kitchen or anything like that. No. Oh, well, you should like, you should pass down a cast iron to your sons. But I have a like, so I have this interesting, um, like piece of uh, so the my little countertop in the middle of my kitchen is a it's an interesting. I don't know if you've seen it before. It's um, it's a piece of granite from Brazil that comes from a very specific quarry in Brazil. And um, it's uh, a material called blue bahia. Have you ever seen this? 
Mm, I'm not sure, but I'm going to go look it up. So like, like Google Blue Bahia. And um, I think my countertop now, after inflation and this and that, is worth like, like just the piece of the countertop, not just like the rest of the wood and everything, just the little piece. I think the thing's like worth like 15 grand now or something. I think I have, they've already. I just looked it up. I have seen those. That's really cool. Yeah, what's, so it's like what, a brilliant. It's a brilliant blue because I designed the the design. So what the kitchen colors everything. like like now that I know that you need to explain like what the rest of your kitchen looks like. Like, what color are the cabinets? Um, the it's other like a, Yeah, it's like kind of a a travertine um, stone for the floor. Okay. So I like kind of a very natural, um, like timeless look. Like that looks. Uh, maybe slightly ancient or whatever. So I don't like, like, like too fancy of like a marble or whatever. I prefer kind of something that's like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, kind of like, yeah, it just feels more natural. And then like, I don't know, the woods, like kind of like a Nordic, maybe like a sort of like a white oakish type of color. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that seems like it would go nicely. Yeah. There's some interesting combos there. And then, um, yeah. A mm-hmm. gas stove or an electric stove? Unfortunately, like I, I created this place before the cost of wood just skyrocketed, because mm-hmm. like um, stain grade wood, which is like the not the painted wood, but the the wood you stain, is what the kind of is is like I use for the house, and um, that stuff skyrocketed in price like unbelievably mm-hmm. so, um, but it just looks really nice, um, and it like lasts forever. Oh, what's that? Oh, it's like a gas stove in my particular thing. But okay, that's. But good. some of the some of the new like induction electric are really good too, though. It's natural I gas. No, or... I hate induction stoves. I think oh, you they're hate like, them. They're like the. I wish I could like have like a genocide against induction <laughs> stoves. Really? But do you have the yeah. right sort no, of? I, do you have I, the right I, cookware yeah. for it though? Well, yeah, you need the right cookware, but that's like so limiting, and I just like, oh, I just hate induction stoves. Yeah. They, so anyway, they not, sicken it's me. not human. Yeah, it's like sickening. Yeah, Cyborg. I have like cyborgs. I have this cr- like this stove that like goes crazy hot because it's like so you actually have to turn it down because it's just it's like uh it it just kind of like it's just it's just like literally crazy hot. It doesn't make any sense, but it does boil water really quickly. Mm-hmm. My dad has my dad has an induction stove at his house, and I just like every time I walk in there, I feel like I'm gonna throw up just so bad i hate them i don't know something about them just makes me like upset there's something nice about a gas stove and it feels like you're like feels very yeah it feels very natural like you're cooking feels, over feels a more real. yeah i don't know i like seeing it I like see like being able to like i know you can measure the temperature with an induction stove like you you know theoretically know like how hot it's going to be and stuff like that but i just like seeing the flame and seeing like like if i'm cooking something it's just like if i can see the flame i know exactly what i'm doing you know what i mean if it's just like some electric stove or something i'm like i don't know like exactly how yeah it's just it's a more visceral thing it's it's nice to see like uh flames dancing kind of doing their thing (laughs) so totally yeah yeah it's like pretty in a way yeah, I kind of created like this pretty um, crazy cast stone fireplace. It's, it's a gargantuan thing, um, but it's really pretty. It's like got a, like a kind of a gothic arches and things. But yeah, like I just I, I pretty much designed this house like 
entirely, like every single little bit of it. Like, so I, I really like art and design and things like that. So like, you know, pretty, um, it, you know, very specific intentional thing. Like I, my brother and I designed one actually for him. We were working on one for, over this, uh, like summer a bit. And, uh, like I like, so we were kind of playing on SketchUp. I don't know if you've seen that. It's like a little, um, it's kind of like a 3d drawing thing. So like we designed it from top to bottom, like, like every little element of it, like he even does like the foundation, the driveway, like everything. And, um, like he'll literally like pull like the exact size of like, I don't know, appliances and different things, lights, um, and all of that, and just sort of pulls into the model and builds it out. And then he, we just hand it to the builder and like here like make this <laughs> like you know so it's kind of cool like it's it's fun doing that um from time to time but uh oh hey i think we're like we like ignored red hair here red hair what's going on <laughs> i'm not sure if you're still there i'm just i'm just kind of shy because it's my first time being in this community oh yeah we're just i don't even know if we are a community we're just hanging around <laughs> uh yeah like whatever just we're just chatting about random things so have at it like what are you doing today uh, um mostly right now i'm focused on my motorcycle i'm kind of into a uh, motorcycle sport oh really like, so, you so like that's why i can do the cooking <laughs> you like to race motorcycles um, not really. I'm more of like a cruiser type. I like long distance rides. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm based here in the in the Philippines. So, has any one of you guys visited our country? I haven't, but um, I definitely recognize the uh, like Filipino English accent there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, no, I haven't actually been there at all. No. Uh, so you, like, but there, like, how far can you get in the Philippines on a motorbike? I guess you can go all the way around, huh? Yep. Um, <clears throat> uh, it's pretty. The roads here are already what they call this. It's already modernized, so you could pretty. I think if you want to go all around the Philippines on a motorcycle, it could maybe more or less take you around uh, three to four weeks, maybe. If you're just gonna take it on a chill ride, something like that. If you're not raising or anything, three to four weeks. Is the island is that big? Yep. Uh, <clears throat> I think my majority of your time, will, uh, since we're we are like an archipelago, so it, there will be a lot of times that you will be sitting on a ship from transferring from one island to another. So oh, I was not aware of that. Yeah, we have like around seven thousand islands, so that would take a lot. That that would take a while. <laughs> seven thousand, holy shit! Hmm. Yep. That's why. Maybe that's should, why. Maybe you should get a boat like, instead of a motorcycle. It makes more sense. Yep, but uh, the thing is, majority of the islands here are already connected by bridge, so. Only those islands that are kind of far away that needs to be raided on a boat. Oh, okay. So it's like you just go from island to island with bridges and stuff. That's interesting. So are they pretty close? Like, like really, are they long bridges? Um, the longest bridge that we have here is around uh, more or less 2.5 kilometers. 
that's the longest bridge here in the Philippines. Then uh, the islands here are more or less the closest I've been is like an hour and a half of a boat ride. Yep. And but there it depends on where you want to go though. But there's also like a boat ride that would take you like three, four days before you could reach it. Something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you have any strange questions for Addy up here? She has like she, like the title of the space is kind of like Ask asking Addy. Addy questions. Yeah. Like what kind of weird question do you have for her? Uh, are you is your picture really you? <laughs> I mean Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is me. Oh mine I thought mine's you were... me too. <laughs> mine was inspired from what do you call this? I don't know if you know the anime One One Piece. Yeah, I've, I've that. heard about it, yeah. So yeah, uh, the red hair name is also derived from one of the characters there. Oh, okay, so you're like a fan of like Japanese anime and stuff like that? Uh, just One Piece though. I mean, I started watching it when I was still in grade school. Then right now, uh, I'm already employed and stuff like that. I'm still watching it because there's over a thousand episodes. It's not yet finished. <laughs> So what, what what do you like about that particular like show? Like what's the I think the pirate slash adventure genre because there's a lot of things that you could think all this it it actually inspires you to be more adventurous. That's why I think I like One Piece. Yeah, do you like uh did you like that movie with like Johnny Depp like uh what's it called like Pirates of the Caribbean? Yes, I've been I've been to like a lot of their premiere shows when I was still in uh late high school, like in high school. Yeah, I've been to like the the premiere of uh the what they call it that uh that movie in the the ship where they sail the Black Pearl. There's a premiere oh, here yeah. in our country time. So I convinced my parents to bought me a ticket so that I could be there because I was a big fan. So you've got like you got the spirit of a pirate. Then you like pirate movies, you like pirate animes, and you like kind of roam around on your motorcycle around the like. But you don't like steal shit from people, do you? I no no no. I don't. That's kind of of being too way too realistic. I just I just like the part where it's uh, adventurous. I'm more of like I really like adventures. But like, let's say let's say red hair. Let's say you had like a treasure, right? Um, mm -hmm. would you build like a maybe a, a pit and put spikes in it and maybe put some Filipino grass on top so like someone you know tries to get to the treasure they'd fall on the spikes right definitely <laughs> right definitely, like, I, would... I mean, if, I mean if, you have, if you have treasure you're gonna protect it right yep I don't I don't want everyone to like get my treasure easily because you know it's something that I really treasure you know yeah, naturally. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, besides, yeah, do you, any other interesting questions for Addy besides, like, profile pic stuff? She's oh, kind of like a, like a little expert in different things, so you have to just, like, just test her and see, you know? Like, oh, for example, okay. um, I'll give you an example. Um, Addy, what's, uh, what's uh, 7 squared? 49, right? Yeah, see? That's like a, that's an example of a question. 
<laughs> That's very random. <laughs> well, Addie's actually kind of like a, a robot AI, and you have to test her to see, figure out if she's actually human. Whoa. So, right, like you have to ask like questions to confirm that she is actually real. We're, we're still trying to figure it out, right? <laughs> Addie, what is 99 times 99? Mm. <laughs> what a good question. All right, she's I... real. She's real. O O U A one two. But wouldn't an AI specifically say it wouldn't know because like it's trying to mimic a human? I'm a really good AI. So like that's where yeah, Sethi's exactly right. Addie should be saying like I can't compute, I can't compute, you know. Something. No, because I'm I'm an AI that's like made to sound like a human. You're sentient. Yeah, basically, or like my code is just really, really good. It's nine thousand eight hundred one. <laughs> it's cool. it's how much again? Nine eight zero one. Oh, so you're the AI. I'm just a robot. Yeah. Steffi, hey, man, thanks for the space. Uh, I got to jump off, but I would love to connect with you outside of this as well. Hope everyone has a good uh, Saturday morning uh, here in Austin, Texas, Boston, Mass as well. So cheers, y'all. Until next time. Have fun. Yo, I'll be next to Texas in Louisiana sometime within 365 days. That's my goal. Very nice. I'll hear you. Don't get killed by the Cajuns or whatever. Those little bastards, they might like knife you or something, right? I think they're going to take me into their family. That's the whole point, right? They probably yeah, will, actually. Going to learn on this journey. Too funny. All right, guys. Have a great <laughs> night. Have a great morning. See you later. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, so uh uh Kerma, what what are you doing uh in the uh Australian uh zone there? Like Australia's a pretty damn big country. Do you like just drive around it or what? I don't know where he went. I'm not sure. Yo, Stephanie. I think it's pretty late in Texas. I mean the the are you not sleepy? Uh, it's like midnight here, not a big deal. Mm, okay. <laughs> okay, I was kind of familiar with the time zone because I used to work for, I used to work remotely for a real estate company located there in Texas. Mm, okay. It's cool. I don't know if you are familiar with David and David. What is it called? David and David. David and David. No, uh, it's D E W I double T. David. Oh, do it and do it. Yep. Oh, hmm. I'm not aware of it. No. That's located in Dallas. So. Okay. Interesting. So, so what are you doing outside of like being a pirate and like riding your motorcycle around? Hmm. Some other hobbies of mine are like I'm into farming also. Other than of course, uh, in uh, other than of course investing in stocks and crypto, uh, I'm more 
I'm into farming, such as uh, plant. Hey, uh, were you? Were you like? I know. I heard the Filipino crowd was like really into this whole Axie Infinity thing. Did you play that or no? Yep, I played it. I actually invested a lot of money in it before. Uh, so, in other words, you got wrecked more than the people that like bought Terra Luna. <laughs> like how- in some way, yeah. But uh, fortunately, I was able to. Uh, recoup my losses before it really went crashing down when uh i don't know how much the conversion right now but i pretty much uh invested more like around 150,000 peso uh, pesos i don't know how much is that in dollars the addy doesn't know the first thing about crypto or whatever right but describe to addy mm-hmm. what axie infinity is and she'll, she can decide whether it sounds good or stupid Okay, so Axie Infinity is more... Uh, I don't know if you played games before, Addy. Have you played games before? I've only really ever played Minecraft. Oh, Minecraft. Okay, okay, that's... that's. We can make something out there. Uh, uh, have you slain some... What do you call this? Some... Uh, what do you call those green... Uh, those spiders, those green things that explodes when you hit them? The creepers? Yes. Yep, the creeper. So in Axie Infinity, uh, something like that, you hit, you hit the, uh, you build more of like you're a team. Have you played with your friends before, with Minecraft? I played with my brother. Yep. So basically, you will assemble your team. So more of like you and your brother. Then, uh, you get to battle with other people also. But here, it's kind of you're going to uh, buy some. Uh, I call them pets. Axes. The term is axes. You have to assemble a three a team of three axes so that you could participate in a battle, and you get to battle other people who has like a team of three axes also. Then, if you win, you get you gain like SLP smooth love potion. Then you can convert uh, that smooth love potion into money. Something like that. Oh, cool! Sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the good thing about that is was when it was really hyped up, m- many people here in our country like became millionaires. But since I don't think if it the term is rug pull, but it really went crashing down. That's why a lot of people who became instant millionaires also lost their millions in a matter of months time. It's because when the price of the coin goes too high, the game doesn't make sense anymore. That's why like, these play-to-earn games like always end in like ruin, basically, because this like it always happens. Ooh, like it, I don't know how because I think they operate on the same idea that you get like an infinite number of coins just so that I mean I don't know if they put in like a cap for it because I hope they did so that. There will there won't be an oversupply of SLPs back then, so that they could have like you know made the price stable because it it was sustainable at first because there was the hype. But when the hype went down, when everyone is already playing it, damn. I think by definition that's not sustainable. <laughs> but yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, it was kind of up only for a while, and then like you know, and then uh, it worked when things were growing kind of slowly. But then everything mm. kind of crashed and everyone became poor again, which is kind of interesting. 
So just to like give Adi an image, when it was starting Adi, I was like I invested around more or less uh two two thousand three hundred dollars to two thousand five hundred dollars just to assemble a team. But when it went crashing down, my team was worth my team is now worth around ten to fifteen dollars. Oh, That's wow. how bad. That's, That's really how bad. bad. <laughs> so bad crashed. Will it go yeah. back up again, or like probably not? I I, I don't know if it'll, it'll ever come back. I already sold mine before. Uh, I was able to recoup some of my losses, but I still lost a lot. I think it don't it won't be coming back anytime soon because. Even the AXS coin is far from what it's been also because SLP and AXS are tied. Adi, I think the the atom that I told you to buy, like you got it at like 12 bucks, I think. So it's hovering at like 16 bucks now. So you're doing pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was like kind of a little bit waiting for it to drop again. Because I was like, oh, I should do that thing where you like buy double when it's like lower, but then it didn't ever get get further. Down. That's okay. If you actually, um, so like the easy way to get rich in crypto is like, you know, what you do is you just go and grab like whatever the brand new like most uh, interesting thing is. Like, um, there's one called uh, a, it has a pretty name actually. I like the name. It's Celestia. Oh, is coming out and um it's made by some really really smart people so like what you do is you grab it at the very 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 beginning when they first sort of like have some info about it so if you go to celestia.org type in your email address in there it'll send you like you know like some the like read of a roadmap the calendar when these things come out mm -hmm. and then like pretty much it's interesting like when you get these things um even if you're not there for like a pre-sale even if you get it like when it first comes on the market and you have things set up correctly to where you can just jump right in and grab it. So, for example, if you have um, like Adam in your in your wallet, right, like like I showed you, mm -hmm. then what you can use is you can use that and convert it to Celestia the moment it comes out. And a lot of these things will do like a good solid like, I don't know, easy 10x from there. But like it would not be uncommon if you if you get early enough and it's a really good project over a few years, you know, like a couple of years, two, three years, it's like a hundred X, which is really, really good. Like you're not going to get that in the stock market that easy. So yeah, you're kind of like, at least you're hanging out with a bunch of nerds that actually know what they're doing. So that's probably good. Yeah. I'm <laughs> so. going to write that down, taking notes. So. Yeah. Just like, but yeah, Celestia looks like it's pretty good. And then, yeah, there's a few others, but yeah. Um, like um, chasing after these like little video game things or whatever is uh, like, Axie Infinity. I think a lot of people got lucky with that one, but it wouldn't have been my first choice to like have picked. But anyway, um, yeah, like Kerma, what? We can't understand a single thing that you're saying. What? Not uh, one word. Adi uses is like she's new and in crypto, right? Is he using Binance? Uh, what did she use? Coinbase, Maddie? Yeah, Coinbase. Yeah, she used Coinbase and just used like a, what do you call it? A, uh, a, uh, 
Kepler wallet, you know, like for the Cosmos ecosystem. Mm, okay, okay, okay. I'm not really familiar with that one because how it's like in Coinbase, is it, <clears throat> is it like, are coins, like, for example, are altcoins listed there often more frequently than Binance? Because yeah, Binance... No, no, no. Binance is everything. So if you have Binance, you're going to want to stick with that for sure. <laughs> like Coinbase is like just like stuff that we use in the United States because like we're missing a lot of shit like Binance here. My problem with Binance is that they take too long to list new coins. Like oftentimes they're always the last one to... <laughs> Like, yeah, you don't want to go like to listings on central exchanges. What you want to do is you want to grab them like directly off of uh, sort of like you, you to get these things super early. You want to get them well before they're on Coinbase and Binance, ideally. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, what I would get if I were you right here is grab yourself a, a Kepler wallet, K-E-P-L-R. And okay, there's, a variety of, there's a variety of great new things coming to Cosmos that so you can kind of like play in there uh yeah yeah it's really really it's probably one of the best wallets in crypto actually is kepler and cosmos station and uh, a lot of cool stuff's happening yeah i think uh, uh a lot of people in philippines are actually running classes and stuff i remember like this guy was saying he was on a youtube channel and he's got like a hundred people in a class coding or something like that uh learning how to build on on cosmos ecosystem stuff yeah, so I don't know. I, I'm surprised you hadn't heard about it there. I'm I'm kind of <clears throat> located in the province, so I'm kind of slow when it comes to like what are like the new new what you call new trends when it comes to crypto. So yeah, my Cosmos own... isn't particularly new either, by the way. Like Jaquan came out with the initial thing like 2014, so it's actually uh, um, it's just as old, if not older, than um, Ethereum actually. Um, just Ethereum was released sooner, but actually the, the design and the work behind it is really, uh, fairly mature now, quite really. So it's, yeah, lot, lot to be, you can, lot to be learned in the cosmos for sure. Uh, this is why like Adam is doing better than everything else. Besides the fact that I'm mentioning it periodically, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, but like, I've first heard of crypto uh, like three years ago, but I haven't really, uh, I just paid attention, attention to it, like just uh, the first quarter of 2022, because uh, I, my, actually funny thing is my mom was the first to invest in crypto than me, that I am. Like uh, when, uh, just, just there, like she like bought some, crypto like a friend of her introduced her to some crypto coins like the ygg xrp when xrp was like ath at at that time she's like i was like she was like son do you know crypto something like that like yeah i've heard about that why i have invested in crypto really like then that's where like i started uh getting into crypto learning about web3 and everything so I'm kind yeah, of you, that's interesting. Yeah, you learned learned about it from your mom, huh? Yep. I mean, I, my mom is like in his late forties right now, and I was like, "What are you doing with the internet and stuff, mom?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's she's apparently like running circles around you, one piece. Uh, one second, yeah, uh, Jake Jake had his head up, had something to say. Go ahead, Jake. 
So I was just going to say, personally, I, I mean, I would, I would stay away from centralised exchanges if it was me. I know it's an easy way to get into it. It's, uh, people like to use them, obviously, you know, you've got the graphs and it's easy and it's quite it's better laid out. But personally, I would say, you know, especially if you want to buy altcoins and coins that are not listed on exchanges, to get a, a mask, like a, a wallet, like a MetaMask or a Trust wallet or a, something along them lines where you can then you can then just go onto the exchanges and, and swap them manually and it's safer and then they're your tokens and you can't lose your coins if, if the exchange goes bust. I, yeah, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I wouldn't use an exchange ever, but I understand that it's an onboarding tool. That's how I first got into crypto as well. So, but personally, yeah, I would I would I would get away from them if it was my that'd be my advice. Yeah, sure. Like, well, the, the main thing is like people have to get like buy things somewhere, right? It's not like you're gonna uh, like magically find you know crypto that falls from the sky or something. So no, typically, yeah, no, I, I yeah. completely agree. I think I think it's a great way for people to learn because it it's more user friendly. Don't get me wrong. Like when I first started using MetaMask, for example, it's confusing having to go onto the internet and and connecting your wallet and and going on to Uniswap or, or PancakeSwap or wherever you're going to go to buy to buy tokens, it's a bit foreign. But once you get get used to it, it's, it's actually quite easy. And then you know that at the end of the day, they are your tokens. And unless someone gets your keys, which obviously don't screen print them or do anything silly like that, it's yours and nothing can go wrong. Whereas, yeah, exchanges, technically, you don't own, you don't own the money. You just... You just bought it out of price, but yeah, you, sure. don't, you don't own that. That's not yours, correct? You don't own anything. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, Addy. So, like, like that's the thing. Like, when you, um, it's really about kind of like uh, you just only need to like be successful in a few things. It doesn't have to be like you don't have to get too nerdy about it. Actually, honestly, there's only like a few. Um, I would say like. Um, there's only a certain number of like credible, really like great things built by like super geniuses, <laughs> like, and largely um, you can kind of f drill down and focus on just a few things. And like, I don't even like play with more than one ecosystem. Like some people like to go on Ethereum, they like to go on Cosmos and this, that, and the other thing and hold a bunch of wallets. I think it's simpler just like learning like one ecosystem and one like strategy and then kind of just be done with it. Like there's no need to like overthink these things too much, like um, in my opinion, but anyway, yeah. So like, uh, like, which because, okay. uh, if, you, if you can like uh, interject, like what, which uh, ecosystem do you think is like beginner friendly right now? Big, I, well, I think uh, on the whole, it's two things. Like one is like, what's beginner friendly. And two is what like credibly has like some real like major development and growth potential. And so really the biggest two ecosystems are, I say at this point is like Ethereum and then Cosmos base chains as the two largest um, sort of like uh, systems. Uh, Ethereum has like one coin, Ethereum, and then there's a lot of things built on top of it. You've probably, yep. you know, you've done Axie and different yep. things, you know what I'm talking about. Yep, yep. Um, and then you have Cosmos, which is like lots and lots of different chains built with the same framework. So mm -hmm. like that would be examples would be like um, Crypto.com or Binance Chain or Luna or some other ones. 
uh, like polygon and Ethereum is also built with Cosmos, for example. So there's like there's two different ways to look at this. And um, but like the wallet Addy that you downloaded, Kepler is super super easy to use. Um, and uh, like once you have some like cash in there, you can do some cool stuff with it. Like for example, like uh, like I think uh, I threw like. I think like about like 20 K worth of Juno the other day for, cause uh, one of our friends, Tendermint Timmy, he created like a validator on uh, the Juno chain, uh, which is an interesting uh, blockchain as well. And so I bought about 20,000 bucks worth, parked it on there, but the yield on Juno, like the, the coin yield is obnoxious right now. It's like 60% yield or something. So basically it's just like printing money every day. And then that's going to drop to like 40 and then 20 and it drops over a period of time. Um, but yeah, it's like, I, I, so like if I want to say, for example, um, like spend that, right. I can just send that Juno. I can swap it for Adam, send it back to something like Coinbase. Like how do you just like did that um, where you sent things out of Coinbase, you can send it back and just buy something with it. So um, like I have like Adam and Juno and these different things, Luna, and I basically just use the yield and like just buy whatever I want with it. So like it's a pretty consistent like uh, source of income in a sense, as long as you buy it super low. So like when I told you to get it, Addy, that was like pretty, pretty low. So in crypto, like a general rule is like if you're buying like after something drops about 80 percent from the top um you're doing pretty good like once you get it at that level and if you have these inflationary coins it's a really really effective easy way to make an income like you can just kind of like uh do do super well on some of these and then when they go up in value then your yield goes up in value too but that only happens long term if it's like a really really high demand credible project long term and then identifying which ones those are is really the the key thing i think so like, for example, Adam, remember, Addy, I told you to get some Adam, like that wasn't necessarily like uh, a coincidence that I just said, get that one or that like, I'm just shilling that or some bullshit. Like I have a pretty good intuition of what's going to actually go up. So like when Luna was like $5, I bought it and like it went up to like 130 or something. Um, it was like the most, um, like the most impressive narrative in all of crypto at the time. Um, a crisis happened and it crashed and it was like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Everyone knows what happened, but basically like there are certain things that you can like use to predict this. And then Adam right now, the reason why it's really credible is because like it has some of the smartest people in the space sort of building on it. And then like, there's a lot of new like technical developments happening that'll fully be realized right about January. So as that happens, like YouTubers and all sorts of little nerds will start talking about it on the internet. And then what happens is people sort of like jump in, they hear this story, they're like, oh my God, it's going to do this, going to do that. And then it kind of goes up. So the, so the nice thing there is like with Adam is like um, earlier this year, it's like peak price was like around 45 bucks. Right now it's about 16 ish. So anywhere in this range is pretty good. And it's yield rates like 18%. So like, let's say you buy it at like 15 bucks or something, right? So let's say you have like $100,000 worth of 15 bucks. I'm just making up a number here. But like, let's say the price of the coin uh, triples from where it is now to 45 bucks. Now your actual yield is running something like, uh, let's say 15 times three or so, 45% yield on your basis. And that growth, like to credibly happen by January or so, is pretty likely. And typically with these things, like once they break above like prior highs, like let's say 45, it'll probably stay there too. 
So it'll probably go to like a hundred bucks and then come back down to 45 or something like that. Anyway, point is like all you, all I count is like what the yield is. And as long as it's like credibly going to be higher then if I put a hundred K in, I'm essentially making like 45 K a year or something like that. So it's a pretty good like income source. If you time it correctly, if you buy these things too high um, and you have, you have your like money go down, it's not as good obviously, but um yeah, getting a sense of like when these markets crash, that's when you want to be grabbing things. And it's actually, uh, yeah, it's just, the, best, the best time yeah. for but especially newcomers now, when everyone's scared and running away and selling because it's in a bear market, it's the perfect time to onboard, it's the perfect time to come in because because it's the time you're going to make the most profit if you if you stick around and get in good projects. I think. Uh, yeah. Exactly. No, so yeah, this is a great time for newbies because like it's for probably another two or three years. Maybe you won't get another chance like this to get in. As far as cycles go, I don't know. I can't predict. I do believe that this will be a longer bear market than usual because of the the, the state of the world. But um, I think it's a it's a great yeah. Market. I think uh, the things the thing to the thing to remember in crypto is like. Um, it's very hard to predict like uh, this, like in many of the smaller sort of market cap things, like a lot of the people, nobody gives a shit what the actual state of the world is like the whole, the, like the rest of the stock market, everything would be going down. But like, look at Adam right now, for example, it's beating the entire, every world market there is, right? Like it's beating everything. Um, so like, it's just a matter of picking the right things at the right time. It's not just even, uh, it's not simply uh, like automatic that, um, you have to, you don't need to be participating in the entire market. You just need to participate in the ones that have the like most, I guess, technological improvement over kind of a short period of time. And I think that's usually an easy way to sort that out. Yeah, um, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Technically, in a in a in a bull market, you could make money on absolute fucking anything. But exactly, yeah. exactly. No, it's, like it's, Jake, the reason it's credible projects that will make. Make, anything that's building and, and, and becoming better in a bear market are the ones that are going to really thrive in the next bull market. Yeah, exactly. And the reason I don't buy Bitcoin, for example, it's too correlated with uh, the stock market. So it's the reason I'm not getting institutional money, isn't it? At the end of the day, yeah, it's, it's too mainstream. And you can see that with when the market crashed and, and everyone pulled their money out from institutional sectors, and it it completely right. follows. But, but everything does sort of follow Bitcoin is the only problem. That's, you know, we are governed partly by it. Sort of, as a, sort of. Like, as, a, looks... as a token, I don't think it's, I think it's, it's only, it's only there because it's the famous original. And apart from that, I don't, I don't think you're going to see big invest, big profits from it no more. Not like, you'll get a good return, but not what you'd get from smaller chips. Yeah, like I think, like for example, Adam to me is like a, a, a straightforward, credible 10x, for example, at, even at these prices. So I think the odds are quite high. So like, with Bitcoin, it's like you'd have to really have like not only a really great timing, a really great buy, but you'd have to be able to ride it to some number over some period of years. And I think yeah, it's I think like it's easier to make a buck in other things right now. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think Bitcoin on the next. On the next one, would go over 100k. Like that's that's what I see. But I don't think it'll go much higher than 100k. I see maybe 120, maybe on the next full run. But then it will dip back down probably to 30 or 40 again. And I think that's just the way that Bitcoin will go. Whereas, like you said, this that one's an easy 10x. But I don't, I've not actually heard of Adam. I've not been in your space too much. I, I try getting them when I can, but I'm in the UK, so I miss a lot of the stuff going on. Yeah, 
Yeah. So I appreciate yeah. you staying up late, by the way, because then I get to catch you in the morning on the way. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, you've got a, quite a bit of feedback on your speakers for some reason. But yeah, it's... Um, yeah, like uh, sometimes we're just like nerding out, talking crypto shit. Other times, just BSing or whatever. But yeah, it's uh, yeah. There's there's a lot of easy stuff to learn, actually. Quite frankly, um, I think like download yourself a Kepler wallet, and uh, like either try it on the Chromium browser or just the phone version of it. Pretty easy to use. Like pretty easy to find Adam everywhere, and um, like uh, the gang that created it is really some of the the like most credible builders in the um in all of the uh space so like between ethereum and cosmos there's really not that much else that's anywhere close i would say okay can i can i be a pain because i, I don't know anything about adam because i've not heard you speak about it and i know everyone might be bored of it but could you give me a quick rundown yeah sure, yeah, sure. so yeah hit, hit your mute real quick because there's a lot of feedback um all right, so like the simple way to describe this is like, okay, uh, Cosmos is basically a, a software development kit. Think about it that way. If I want to start a brand new chain, I can basically go um, grab the um, code for it, and I can get myself a set of validators who are willing to like um, run sort of like val you know network validation, and I can spin up a chain like next week if I wanted to, right? Like that's happening all the time. So um it's basically open source and anybody can start their own blockchain with it kind of kind of cool um and uh adam is just the first chain of the cosmos the cosmos hub and it's designed to be sort of like a uh like kind of a neutral chain without smart contracts uh and basically all it has is some connectivity uh components to it it's called the cosmos hub and the, the the coin is called Adam. Um, over the long run, like right, well, short run is we have about fifty different chains now. There's like Crypto.com, Binance Chain. There's um, uh, Luna Chain, you know, with Terra. There's Luna Classic. There's uh, so there's basically like like lots and lots of chains. So what um, is amazing about Cosmos is all of them can be, communicate with each other via something called. Uh, inter-blockchain communication and the best way to describe it would be like you know how the internet works right has tcp ip as a communication network well cosmos has its own communication network so unlike ethereum um like let's say you have to go from ethereum to avalanche you might need like a bridge or something like that to move stable coins and stuff like that this doesn't require any bridges basically ibc is a completely secure transfer protocol between all these chains so you can make thousands of chains essentially like um so the cosmos ecosystem is not like just lots and lots of applications it's lots and lots of entire chains each of them with their own application you see the, see the difference whereas like with ethereum there might be a layer two project or whatever and ethereum is kind of the base uh consensus layer cosmos is very very different it's decentralization through like infinite chains you can just spin up one for whatever purpose you want. So it's pretty cool. Um, and then Adam's like benefit is it's kind of like, think of it as like a little bit of the glue between all these chains. Think of it as the common one that people are going to know about. Um, and then there's like some new tech that's come out with each of these. Uh, one of them is called like interchain security. One is called interchain accounts. And there's all sorts of interesting like things being created that are, uh, going to just create like just just 
crazy growth because like companies like um, private companies can basically start up um, a blockchain just pretty much at the snap of a finger come January. And um, it's not that different from like, you know how Polkadot works, Jake? Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was part three of a four, possibly five part Chepi Space Friday in the Cosmos. Let's ask Addy strange ass questions because it's Friday in the Cosmos. Recorded on Friday in the Cosmos, September 16th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Sipping on a little bit of sin I've been giving Try to keep it written down So it feels like I've been living I've been realizing a minute Reality ain't got limits Going out my fucking mind Testing out the physics Stretching out the distance For instance Let me be specific The risk is hedge funding the business Betting on the difference Ingesting all the research Sleeping through the rebirth Sliding out feet first Sleep tight little dreamer Early to bed Early to rise With a rugged ass demeanor Taking beats to the cleaners You know I love my t-shirts And the people who support my little dream here Transparent cows, I gotta steer clear 2020 going down is one fucking weird year Take a second, look around, the psyops is winning Set the table, we just biopsy dinner Now, I'm gonna react to that and act like I'm telling you a personal anecdote Something to break the tension Something to endear myself a little bit Something kind of uh, embarrassing <laughs> And you guys are gonna make an awe sound it's true. It really happened. They got a tracker in the phone, tracking everywhere we go. When it's final, if I don't know, I already sold my soul. Getting ready, rock and roll, tip the first domino. Feeling up, I'm in a bowl with these avalanche flows. Stop and rest on the road, gotta get where I'm going. And the rest of y'all know that we hit the ground sore. And I'll be coming for the fuckers that be summoning the trouble. Running on the double while I'm handing out the W's. Putting wins on the board every fucking day. They love me on the team because I know my fucking place. Better get in where you fit in, I'm delivering the meaning. I I inherited the demons, always sneaky, never seen them If I'm breathing, I'm reading, I'm not even being conceited I need to see for myself if you think that I'm believing It's the season of reason, y'all be seizing the research I'm receiving the meaning, that shit's called teamwork It's not so much as so little as to do with what everything is But it is within our self-interest to understand the topography of our lives unto ourselves the future states that there is no time other than the collapsation of that sensation of the mirror of the memories in which we are living. Common knowledge, but important nonetheless. Terror spaces.